So I've had another idea for a movie. Just trademark dead and lovely preemptively, okay. just in case this is a hit Exciting. and this is something you think we think you know we should continue to develop. Yeah. Okay, let me set the scene for you. Mm. A young man mm. in the fields of Arkansas. Yep. This is like the 1930s, 1940s. You say fields of Arkansas? I'm visualizing it. You're seeing it right now, mm-hmm. right? There's a young boy out there. Maybe he's wearing some overalls or something. Yeah. Of course he is. He's just coming into his age. He's coming into his manhood. Yeah. He starts to sing a song late at night mm. out under a clear, cold moon. Right. With a very deep, sonorous, baritone voice. Oh, it's low and slow, buddy. It's low yeah. and slow. It vibrates at such a wavelength Mm -hmm. that it attracts the wondering eyes and ears of extraterrestrials. Oh, no. That were just whizzing by Earth at the time. And they heard this sound. They're like, that's resonating at our frequency. We better inspect this and check it out. All right. They fly down to the boy. They communicate with him. Mm -hmm. You know? And they tell him that he needs to be their eyes and ears all over the world. They were attracted to his voice, so they feel this connection with him. He needs to be their eyes and ears over the world. He also needs to keep aliens... A secret oh, obviously. for everyone. The earthlings mm-hmm. can't know of their existence. <laughs> he's enlightened. He's a higher being. Right. But the rest of the world can't know. Because he got that voice. Exactly. Yeah. So they enlist him with the task of traveling all over the world, mm-hmm. but they need a way to do it. It's like, well, how can we get this guy to travel all over the world inconspicuously? Well, let's make him a singer. Right. Make this guy into a famous singer, right? Mm-hmm. And so he spends his entire life traveling all over the globe under the guise of being a singing star. Right. But actually, he's out there fighting aliens and keeping their their existence a secret. This sounds great. All over the, the uh-huh. earth. It's called Johnny Cash, Man in Black. <laughs> we think. Here comes the Man in Black, <laughs> Galaxy Defenders. <laughs> Yeah. Are you on board? Yeah. Yes. Let's do that. All right. Uh Welcome, Dead and Lovely (laughs) listeners, to another installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie podcast in this multiverse and beyond. Here Mm -hmm. with the host with the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. Woo! Woo! And we're recording this just a scant two days after we recorded our dawn, sorry, day of the dead episode. I get all those mixed up. Night, day, dawn, like... Yeah. I always butcher them in my head. Right. And when, I mean... When is dusk of the dead? That's good Does that never happen? Yeah. Mid-afternoon of the dead. <laughs> They're going to run out. Elevensies of the dead. Yeah. There's only so many times during the day. Yeah. It's going to get down to where it's like 1 o'clock of the dead. I don't uh-huh. know. It's one forty-five of the dead. Ever I don't know. get that 2.30 feeling? <laughs> you remember that yeah. guy? You remember oh, yeah. the five-hour energy guy? <laughs> God. How does he fit into all this? I don't know. He's, but he gives that smug look when he says 2.30 feeling. Mm, mm. You know the mm. one. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this uh, super pronto after that last episode because I am just a couple days out from leaving for Shiprocked. Yeah. Playing get with on a ship. Andy play. with Trio, Skank Banger. Hey, I have a question for be crazy. you. I was thinking about this. Tell me. Ship starts to go down, but you guys are on stage. Do you play on? Yeah, it'd be just like that scene in Titanic, only we're, you know, a fake hair metal band. Yeah, so it'll be like... Way cooler. Way cooler. Way, way, yeah. way cooler, yeah. <laughs> It'll turn into more like a fuck yeah party. <laughs> oh, this boat's fucking rocking. <laughs> don't stop a rocking. I don't know. Something Let's like go. <laughs> so it's got to be a fun time. I'm excited about it. But dude, as a result of that, you know, the fact that I'm going to be out for uh, a week doing that stuff, mm-hmm. man, I have spent my entire last few days as a, as an acceptable bachelor until yeah. my wife gets home. Mm-hmm. She's leaving like, well, actually she gets home like a few hours before I have to leave, which sucks. Um, 
But my last couple days as you a bachelor. Slap five as you go out the door. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Just it looks like a high five, but we're tag teaming dog ownership. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you better hope the ref sees. I'll be Otherwise, like, he'll kick. Yeah, it's Kate true. Out of That's that a good point. You can't watch the dog. You didn't tag in. I'll be all like weak and struggling, trying to get at the door, like uh, uh, just reaching out, my hand shaking. She slaps my hand. She comes in there. She's shaking the shaking ropes. Shaking the ropes, going wild, throwing the everybody ball. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pouring food into the bowl, mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff. Hell yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, but dude, as a result of that, you know, I really figured like my days as as Bachelor Ben would just be boring, and I'd just be like, oh, I'll just watch whatever movies I right. want to all day and stuff. I've just been working like a fucking maniac the yeah, entire that makes time. Sense. You know? Yeah, working in a coal mine. Going on down, down. Mm-hmm. You got nothing else to do. Yeah. Whoops. I'm about, about to slip to down. There. Look out. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been making like Whoops. videos like a maniac. Like I've made like four videos in the past day or something like that. I've been just booking it. So I've not yeah. had time to watch hardly anything this week. You watched anything good? I did. Last night I watched the 2020 Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was hindsight 2020? It was. Yeah? Yeah, it was fun. I nice. mean, I've I, seen it. I I don't pay attention to wrestling, so I didn't pay attention to any of the like lead up. I just fast forwarded to the matches uh, because I I believe you can tell what's going on if they're good wrestlers. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's mad at that guy. He's hitting him. Yep. Yeah. You can figure out the storyline pretty much. Oh, and there's also always the announcers reminding you of everything that's happened in the past six months or whatever. Yeah, that's true. They do a good job of that. Yeah, but uh, the Women's Royal Rumble was fucking awesome. It was really good. And local girl, Bianca Belair, oh. fucking kicked some ass in it. Nice. I thought she was going to win because they announced her. Like, you know, in the Royal Rumble, even the first two people, they'll just say their names. But when she came out, they were like, from Knoxville, Tennessee. Nice. And I was like, hell yeah. Represent. And then she was she was in for a while. Uh, but then she got knocked out by Charlotte Flair. Oh. Who won? Woo. Yeah. Spoiler, Charlotte Flair won. All right. The the men's rumble was actually, uh, Emily was watching it with me. And we were both like, man, this is fucking boring. Because it was just Brock Lesnar throwing everybody. Like, everybody who came in, he would throw them out. And then the next person would come in, he would throw them out. It was like, at first I was like, God, this is so boring. Because he's supposed to be a heel, though. I was like, I do kind of hate him for this. And How then, dare he throw those people out? Let him in. But then he, he German suplexed everybody who came in. And at least two of the dudes weighed probably close to 400 pounds. Jesus and he Christ. German suplexed both of them twice. Holy moly. And so he knocked out 13 people in that fashion. That's quite a workout. And yeah, he was like exhausted. <laughs> and you could tell. It was like, and I was like, how? Like, cause it seemed to me like they were just gonna show like Brock Lesnar's this major beast. He just runs through the entire WWE. And I was like, if it, if that's their plan, he has uh 37 or 36 more people to do this to. Dude. I don't think he'll make it, but then he went out after. How that. old is he now? He's got to be mid 40s or something. He's got to be he's got to be there around Good there. Lord, yeah. man. Yeah. He he's I mean, you can tell that like um he's he's put on that like I'm in my 40s little bit of weight, but yeah. like I don't think it's slowing him down any. He's gigantic uh, no. still. He's yeah. huge. I'm yeah. still not convinced that he's not some sort of a Island of Dr. Moreau, like Pitbull human hybrid. I've never seen anybody that looks more like an angry Pitbull than him. Emily and I last night decided he looks like Donald Trump and Patrick Swayze. But I also... (laughs) I can actually see that. Like You said that and I was like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He really does. On my drive down here, I was like, you know what he actually looks like? Looks like a ripped ass baby. (laughs) 
Like he's just got a head that's like a, big a baby jacked head. Baby. <laughs> he's just a ripped ass baby. So now I want with a sword between his titties. I would love that to be a movie that we watch on a Friday night. Jacked up baby. Jacked up baby, and it's just a fucking ripped baby killing people. Okay, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. The women's matches have improved so much. Like well, back they, in the day, uh, yeah. they either just used to be horrible, or it was yeah, just like about showing tits yeah, and ass, showing boobs. But um, they're actually sick wrestlers now. Yeah, they're all really good wrestlers, and because in a Royal Rumble situation, uh, you know they they have a few women who are large, like Charlotte Flair. She's a she's a tall, muscular woman. They have a few women who are large, but you have very few who can come in and just clear everybody out like you can do with the men. Mm-hmm. But actually, because the men have so many giant dudes now, that's actually less likely too. So the Rumbles changed some. But the 1992 Royal Rumble will always be the best. Oh, of course. That's the king. Rick Flair. It's the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I watched something the other day what had a razzling man in it. Which it was. So the other night I was making... Actually, it was the, the night after we did Day of the Dead. After you left, I started making a whole huge batch of some cashew chicken. Oh, yeah. That's which, right. You were... is, I think that's all I've eaten since then. Just, I made a lot. Yeah, you were. I saw yeah. all the veggies and stuff you had laid out. It was good. Yeah. It was really fucking good. I bet. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, I need something just kind of mindless I can put on. So mm-hmm. uh, I texted my wife, who's in Thailand with her sister. And she was like, Jesse recommends uh, Skyscraper. Okay. She said, with this the is rock. with The Rock. Yeah, and, Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson. Does it, who's it have? Uh, from Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. I was going to say from Scream. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's just a big, dumb action movie. And so I, I put it on and. It was immediately like a bit more serious than I thought it should be taking itself. Yeah. You know? But it's one of those things where it was probably good for what I was doing because I didn't really have to pay attention that yeah. much to what was going on and just shit was blowing up and The Rock was doing action things and being I'm, gigantic. I'm a rock. That's Who's me. a man? That's what he says. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Like, I'll put it this way. Okay. In terms of like huge building, I got to save my family movies on a serious meter. Yeah. If you put like Die Hard kind of low on that scale, because it's right. fun and has levity. Uh-huh. And at the very top of that, I'm going to put like, um, maybe like Hostage. Do you ever see Hostage? Also with Bruce Willis? Uh-uh. Dude, it's actually pretty bitch. Okay. It's about like a home invasion. All right. And he's got to save his family who's trapped in the house. It's actually pretty cool. It gets dark. Uh, takes itself very seriously. Skyscraper's kind of somewhere in the middle of that, I guess. Okay. I'm not going to say it was fantastic. I'm not going to say it was fantastic. They did it on how did this get made. So, I mean, that's a good sign, right? That's a there. good sign. It's probably not great. I need to listen to that episode yeah. then. I'd yeah, like to you should. To say yeah, that. it's Rhea Butcher and Paul F. Tompkins. So, uh, definitely a great episode. Uh, it was really funny. But uh, I, I would imagine any action movie with The Rock at least has some moments of levity. Were there any jokes at all? Not a ton. That's a honestly. shame. What I know, a waste right? of The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like they, they tried to play him off as like a guy who was a cop that um, he was on this job that went bad and this guy like blew himself and his kid up and so that's why he's got like a fake leg and all this stuff. Hmm. So he's kind of like a, a wounded warrior of sorts. Right. But he's also like jacked and gigantic right. and covered in Polynesian tattoos and And at stuff one point and, jumps from a, a one building to another basically. Like from yes, a crane to another building. That's right. Yeah, yeah he did it successfully. He pulled uh-huh. the move off. Which would not work. <laughs> Sure it would. 300-something pound man running. Like, <laughs> it's not like 300-pound men are known for their jumping length. 
That's a good point. Or height. Yeah, long or jumpers. Or jumping ever. <laughs> or just jumping in general, yeah. yeah. Long jumpers in the Olympics, usually huge guys. Yeah. You, see, you see those dudes that look like they're going to come out and deadlift a thousand pounds. Yeah. It's like, all right, now I'm going to see how far I can jump. They're pretty well thump, 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 glued thump. to the earth, Fell I think. Fell over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty well on the ground, as far as yeah. I know. <laughs> so I think that's about the only thing that I've watched. Like I said, it was... I'll put it this way. It's a movie to watch if you're on a flight and it's on there. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something where you, yeah. can, you can doze off. You can go in and out and be like, oh, uh, whatever. This shit blowing up. Whatever. Right. I got you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, ben, I finally finished What We Do in the Shadows season one. Oh, the series? Yeah. I've been dying to know you about this because I've not it. watched it. Is watch it good? Watch it. It's so good in song we, Hulu. You know, I mean, our, our listeners know we love the yep. OG. Same level of humor. Um, but Not the same dudes, though. Uh, not the same vampires uh, starring, though they do. Some people from the movie drop by. Cool. Yeah. So, so is it about a different set of vampires? Yeah. Or? Yeah. It, oh, okay. I mean, but, for, you know, we're introduced to that idea in the, the movie itself. Yeah. That there are tons of different sets of vampires. For some reason, somebody had told me that it was different people playing the same vampires no, in the original. So no, that's why I was kind of put off from it. No, so it's they're just a different set entirely. different characters. Well, that fucking makes sense yeah. then. It's great. It's hilarious. Um, What's her name from Booksmart? Has like a few episode arc in it. Oh yeah. Uh, what's her name? Be- Beanie 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 Feldstein. Uh, she's Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say yeah, mm-hmm. Hill's sister. Okay, so she's in it a couple episodes. She's in a few episodes, but also like just it, it's hilarious. And at a certain point, uh, there is a council of vampires, and of course, um, you you would you would get to see some of your guys from the uh, original but for some reason there's also Tilda Swinton there <laughs> what <laughs> what is she doing there because she probably is a vampire I guess is it her as Tilda Swinton I, I believe so I believe she was supposed to be Tilda Swinton I'm not positive on that's that that's fucking awesome yeah. I'm very okay with that <laughs> that's hilarious man well it's good to know that that turned out great because that's one of those things that, you know, it could very easily turn yeah. out bad and disappointing Definitely. considering how fucking it, great the movie is. It, yeah. By the last episode, you'll be like, oh, we're season two. Like, nice. It, it's really good. Also, well, everybody go check out Moses Storm, comedian. Yeah. I, I don't have much me to some say clips about it. Before, before yeah. we started here, I think you posted that yeah. on uh, on it, Facebook or something the other yeah, day. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because I finally saw him. He works for Conan. He's a stand up. He's fucking hilarious yeah, yeah everything you showed me was really yeah. fucking funny some good homeschool humor in there yeah always appreciate that mm-hmm. i've been listening to uh quite a lot of podcasts and stuff as oh, i've yeah? been the sole dog walker actually been walking a ton we've been walking probably like four or five miles every day yeah because she's great. probably got a whole lot of nervous energy right? yeah she's like what is my life where's the food lady exactly yeah. <laughs> so we've been walking a lot and i've been listening to uh i've been blowing through some last podcasts on the left yeah They've they've been doing a series uh, here recently of going back through and doing the Heaven's Gate cult again. Okay. Because they did they covered Heaven's Gate like really early on in the show. Yeah. And it was kind of topical, kind of surface level stuff. But now they're doing kind of a deep dive on it. Really, really, really fascinating stuff. I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm just so fascinated by cult, and I'm fascinated by what one person can get a ton of people to believe. Isn't it weird that like after the year 2000, like the number of cults kind of died down? Because it was like it was that lead up to 2000 that was getting people so oh, like the millennial like, nervous. It's so crazy yeah. that that's always gonna be true of humans. Like every thousand years is gonna be one of these big oh, no. deals. Oh, this must be the end. Yeah, 
Even yeah. though ultimately that date that we use it means is, nothing. It, it means yeah, nothing. This is dude. arbitrary. And that, that's the funny thing about it is like right now it's the year 2020, but it's yeah. like it's the year 2020 since we started recording human history. Yeah. You know, and it's that's not, even kind of botched because of the right Julian can, uh, calendar all and all that stuff. Issues, yeah. But you know, it's like ultimately this is the year several billion and something in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has, it's yeah, it's so weird. Completely that arbitrary. Get freaked dude. out by it. But I mean, it happened in the first millennium too. It, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, wasn't out of nowhere. Do you I remember bet it didn't that... happen at zero though, because everybody was like, "It's not zero. We haven't established that yet." <laughs> I remember there was that huge hysteria surrounding the Willennium whenever that came about. Oh, also, I'm stupid. There was no zero. It went from one to one. I'm one a to dummy. one. Yeah, the one to year zero there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aww. there's a ghost song called Year Zero. That's Is good. there? Yeah. So because I've been listening to that Heaven's Gate series, I've also been nah. listening to. The record, The Demonstration by Drab Majesty. I posted about it on Instagram the other day and hope hopes people check it out because they're so fucking cool. Have you ever listened to that band before? Mm-mm. So this record, The Demonstration, is a concept album all about Heaven's Gate. Okay. So all the lyrics and stuff are all like quotes and things pertaining to the to the cult and their beliefs and all that. Nike shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the record I think it was just made a couple of years ago, but it sounds like if like Depeche Mode and The Cure had a baby. Okay. It's like very dark Depeche Mode, okay. like the dark side of their stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I think you'd probably really enjoy right. it, actually. So give that a Worth listen. A Drab Majesty, The Demonstration. They've got other records, too, but I just really like that one. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Pretty awesome cool. stuff, man. Steve, I'd like to get a pull. Let's pull it. To some drab majesty. When a problem podcast. comes along, you must pull it. <laughs> That's right. We got ourselves a couple of cold ones right here. Who do you want to start out with here, Steve? Uh, let's start What's with this porter because this other one will probably numb the tongue a bit. I it think. might. It might yeah. indeed. So this right here is a is actually left over from our Christmas beer exchange that we did. Okay. It is from Boulder Beer Company from Colorado. It is their shake chocolate porter, velvety smooth with subtle coffee-like notes this porter serves a devilishly delicious dark chocolate finish yeah uh 5.9 abv that's a 39 on that ibu scale all right i don't understand the international bitterness units thing because like (laughs) sometimes i have beers that i think are quite bitter like some ipas and stuff they'll have a really low ibu Uh uh-huh and then this has a high ibu but porters aren't necessarily bitter i just don't really understand like where that falls how do they judge that do they count the bitter molecules? What are they doing here, Steve? I think, uh, you know that guy from the Keystone commercial that drank the beer and then his face went all weird? Bitter beer face. Yeah, they have that guy. They just <laughs> give it to him and they like they have a like level to which his face implodes, implodes and then that's the number. It's yeah. off the charts. Uh-huh. It's over 100. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, very, very yeah. dark beer. This is a, this is a cup of oh, motor oil like if I've ever one. It smells very much like a porter. Ooh, it smells very chocolatey, mm-hmm. too, man. Sometimes I like a, uh, a beer that's insanely dark. It's Me also too. very chocolatey. Me too. I'm very okay with that. All right, let's try it. Mine got a little bit more of some froth on it than yours. Got some suds. Got some suds on this old cup here. How's that working for you? Ooh, buddy. Yeah? Let me tell you. Is that your buddy beer? You know, uh, have you ever had a Guinness chocolate cake? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I that. I would replace this. Like, get rid of the Guinness. Put this in there. Oh, my God. This has a great, like, cocoa Yeah, it does. It's not, like, not milk chocolatey. It's no. very dark chocolatey. Yeah. Damn, that's good. It's actually a little bit lighter than I thought mm-hmm. that it would it be. Is. Like, it's not 
cloyingly sweet or heavy or ultra boozy. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes with some of these beers, I'm like, yeah, I just wish it was stronger. I think if this is like stronger, I think it would start getting into that. Yeah, like, probably. You know, oh, give you a tummy ache. What is it? What did you say? 5.9? 5.9. Not that's, bad. That's good for a porter. Yeah. That's pretty damn tasty right there. Hell yeah. I'm a fan I'm of that. Fan Way of to that. go. Uh, what are their names? That's uh, Boulder Beer Company. Boulder Beer Company. You did it. Boulder CO. That's right. They did it. They did a good job. Way to go. All right, now, Steve, we introduced something here recently on the show, yeah. which has come to fruition, and I'm very, very stoked about it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I proposed that if people go on iTunes, rate and review the podcast, which del- does help us out tremendously, if somebody can go on there and do a review, at the very end of your review, ask us a question, Yeah. and we will answer it on the show. We'll kind of compile a little list of them and do it at, like an FAQ every now and then. Because we want to hear from our fans. We want to interact, answer the questions that are keeping y'all up at night. Yep. <laughs> so if you go on iTunes and review the show, just go in there and then uh, do the review. Keep it G-rated or else I won't post it and we won't see it. Like the dude in that talk shit commercial that's laying in bed just fucking waiting to talk shit to exactly, somebody. Exactly, dude. Yeah. He got to talk shit to somebody. Ready to talk shit. <laughs> Call so, bitch ass. <laughs> so a couple people... I've already taken advantage of this and gone on and written us some great reviews and asked us some great questions. So I say before we get into the movie review portion and start talking about paranormal activity, how about we just uh, take a little detour, maybe into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Oh my God, that was an eerie voice. What was that from? Who? Who's, what? Who said that to me? Was that old Toby? I can feel it breathing upon me. <laughs> the demon's breath. And uh, let's step on into the preview palace here and let's answer some of these questions. What these bustas yeah. just got to know, Steve. These bustas always got to know something. And there's some good ones in here already. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, Steve. Miasma, or miasma? How do you say it? M-I-A-S-M-A. I say miasma, miasma. but miasma, I think, miasma. is also... Miasma. Uh, miasma. Miasma. That's why I don't say it, because it sounds yeah. different to me. Yeah. Yeah. 133. He wrote us a great review, which we appreciate, and also asks, question, what is your hands-down... No question about it. Favorite kill you've seen in a horror movie. Basically yeah. one that has stuck with you mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. Gosh, this is tough. This is yeah. a tough one for sure. It Starting is. off big. The first one that comes to mind uh, is, is, some people would say, is not a horror movie. But for me, uh, the Quint's death in Jaws has stuck with me my entire life and made me afraid of sharks. Yeah, absolutely yeah. so. I mean, how is that not a horror movie? Yeah. Like I mean, the it, blood coming out of his mouth. He's, a shark is eating him alive. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah that is particularly yeah. brutal and nasty. <laughs> it is. That boat's getting eaten in half. Yeah, that shark is just chomping on him. Yeah, it's just uh, one of the scariest moments from my childhood, I remember for it's sure. It's super, super grisly. Yeah. It's just very, very like raw and graphic, and mm-hmm. there's no soundtrack, so it's just the sounds of him being like torn apart and gritting his teeth yeah. and screaming. There's blood on his teeth. It's crazy, yeah. Anytime you can get some blood on the teeth. Blood on the teeth, yeah. That'll do it. That makes it look a little more like vicious. Yeah, yeah. that lets you know it's for real. I think another one for me is Dr. Giggles. There's a... I've never seen that. There's a blood pressure cuff put around the throat, and I uh, have a... I hate blood pressure cuffs, and I hate yeah? anything to do with my throat. Okay, so that's a lethal yep. combination. Yep. Hate the blood pressure cuff. I hate it. How come? Uh, it reminds me of my blood. Yeah, you're not that a fan I don't of like that. to think about. Dude, you should get all your blood removed. Yeah, right. 
Hey, lose some weight. I was going to say, you definitely dropped <laughs> some LBs. Get some of that blood out of you there, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, blood pressure. That blood pressure. I mean, it's comical in there, but it was just one of those things. I art, like, already had a throat thing. I already hated blood pressure cuffs, and it was just like, oh. Anyway. <laughs> you know, that's a tough one for me to answer because there's so many uh, that I think about when I think about my favorite kills. There's so many in, like, the Argento flicks and stuff uh-huh. that are just bizarre yes that kill in suspiria where girls like getting her open heart stabbed yeah is fucking awesome (laughs) it was brutal you know i think some of the ones that i remember from like my early childhood of like just seeing horror movies on at other people's houses and stuff like that uh i remember one of the first ones that really affected me and again maybe this isn't horror per se a little bit more of a sci-fi action movie but whenever Bishop Lance Henriksen gets mm-hmm. ripped in half by the the alien queen in, in aliens. aliens. Yeah, dude, it's brutal. And the special effects are so realistic, and yeah. the way that it's like cut from scenes of him to like a robot version of him getting torn in half. And there's like you know the milk stuff spraying uh-huh. everywhere. Like as a kid, to me, it was hyper disturbing and very hard to remove from my head that like this isn't real. Like I I'm, couldn't think of it that way. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason for the milk stuff. But d- does it ever get explained? <laughs> you know, I don't think that it does. I think, I, I'm thinking in my head that it must be a base of some sort. Like, it's okay. it's supposed to yeah. counteract the alien blood, maybe, to keep, like, their vital parts working. All right, it could Though be that. doesn't, at one point, Bishop gets some, like, it does burn his skin, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think he gets acided yeah. at some point. But maybe but the stuff running through his veins would keep his vital components from actually getting acided Could maybe i don't know maybe it was just it would look cool they were like well it'll look different than blood and it'll look cool what do we got we got some milk all right fine there you go <laughs> <laughs> i think one uh also that i don't know if it necessarily counts as a kill per se but one that was one of the first like horror movies i watched when i started like really getting into horror movies in my uh you know late teens early 20s mm-hmm that scene near the very first of the ring with the girl in the closet that's watched yeah. the video. With I mean, her- I know that's not a kill scene, but she does die. Yeah. And the face. Her face yeah. is so fucked up, dude. It is. Like, I can't look at it. That's Amber Tamblyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. There's something about that that really disturbed me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the makeup, it, like, look, she looks rotted. It doesn't look like real, like bad corpse makeup. No, they actually uh-huh. did a good job making her look rotted. Yeah, and, totally, man. Yeah, that, that face is pretty. And, I mean, yeah, it's not the kill, but it, 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 the death. The effect. For sure, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'll say one more, too, that comes to mind. Uh, there's a scene in Lucio Fulci's Zombie, sometimes called Zombie uh-huh. 2. Uh, which I would love to do on the show one yeah, day. Yeah, well, absolutely. Where there's that chick who gets her head shoved into that big splinter and it pokes into her eye. Oh, yes. You remember that? Uh-huh. Ugh. Oh, dude. Like, eye, eye, eye stuff eye I stuff, can't do. Yeah, eye stuff's fucked up. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. For so sure. that's one that I think stuck with me, too. Yeah. That's a really good question. There's like a million that I know I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah, for sure. I but love those the, are the ones that definitely come to mind. I mean, Quint... From Jaws, it will always be to me the most frightening because it really just shows the not only the power of the shark, but like the fact that the shark has already got the boat halfway in the water and yeah. it's that huge. And it it's just, just seems like, so Fuck hopeless. You, God damn! Yeah. No. Fuck the ocean. Yep. <laughs> not going there. <laughs> okay, we got another one here from Wannabe Goth Two Seventeen. Love that name. Uh, left a great review and asks, "What are your number one?" book recommendations fiction and non-fiction okay i assume this doesn't have to be horror related yeah yeah i would assume but 
because I, I mean, I could think of some more books to recommend. I mean, the book that I recommend to everybody always and forever is Tristram Shandy because I've heard it, you mention that before. Yeah. yeah, it's a book that people just haven't read, and it, it, I think. The thing that I love about it is it connects me to the 18th century. Like reading it, I'm like, oh, this guy's mind is the same as mine. Like wow, he thinks yeah. is ridiculous and stupid as I do. Like even though the time is so different. Yeah. If you if you like uh, stuff like you know um, Hitchhiker's Guide, who wrote that? Uh, Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. If you like Douglas Adams, I or do. Cr- Christopher Moore or what? Yeah, I love Christopher Moore. And you want the 18th century version of that? This fucking it's huh. an easy read. It's so fucking fun and ridiculous and silly, and um, people just it's it's not on essential reading lists and stuff, but it should be. It really should be. Nice. Yeah. You got one. So I got a couple I can think of off the top of my head. Now, one of them that comes to mind for fiction, um, it's easy for me to to instantly go to like some of my favorites that I've read a million times and say, "You ever heard of Harry Potter?" Yep. And stuff like that. <laughs> Which I do love. I mean, I've read yeah. those books a million fucking times. Uh, as well as like some of the early Chuck Palahniuk stuff, like Choke uh-huh. and yeah. uh, Survivor. Good one. And of course, Fight Club and all those yeah, two Fight I Club. love. But I think one that's, it's fiction, but you wouldn't really guess that, is The, the Music Lesson by Victor Wooten. Mm, so Victor, Victor Wooten is a legendary world-class bass player that's like from mm, another planet, basically. Okay. Incredible player. He's been around for a long time. And he wrote this book called The Music Lesson. And it's not like... Practice your scales. Here's mm-hmm. use this exercise. It's a boom, boom, a boom, boom. Play the daddy notes. It's none of that. <laughs> it's absolute zero of that. It's this story about this guy uh, who meets this boy that just knows everything about everything, and he kind of takes him around to various places. It's almost like a parable of sorts. Okay, you know. But he's telling you all this stuff about how to really learn and understand music. And there's so much stuff in there, dude. That's just mind blowing. I mean, I read that book at the beach a couple of years ago, and it's like. I've never looked at so much of life the same way again. Mm-hmm. Just like just some little little morsels of some things that are in there. We'll yeah. just drop a few little wisdom nuggets on you there. Okay. He's got this whole thing in there about, uh, and again, this is music related, but you could apply this to anything really. But there's kind of this attitude that a lot of beginners have playing music that they should only play with other beginners. You know, they're like intimidated right. to to play with people that are a lot better than them. But then, how are you going to improve? How are you going to improve? Right. Yeah. So, Victor yeah. in the also, book, yeah, you're also hearing other people around you. You might be picking up the wrong shit. Like, or that, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, because you're just hanging around amateurs that don't know what they're doing. You know, but he's got this thing in there about how you know when you were a baby, and you were just baby talking and gobbledygooking and stuff, you were allowed to hang around people who had already mastered the language. You were allowed to, yeah. you know, jam with them. So, well, to I mean, speak. that's how I learned Russian. I didn't learn exactly. Russian by sitting around with people who were also learning Russian. I learned Russian by talking to Russians. Exactly, people that were already good at. Yeah, who you would know? be like, "Oh, you said that wrong. Yeah. I don't understand what you're saying." So you have to learn how to actually say it instead of the American version being like, "Oh, I get what you were getting at because I know the translation of those words." And, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's just this whole thing in there about how, like I said, you'll never. You'll never improve. You'll never learn the language if you're just hanging around babies doing baby talk. Yeah. You know? It just really changed my perspective on there. And there's also this huge thing in there about, like, when you think about something that you're really good at. Like, when I think about, you know, oh, whatever, playing guitar, yeah. you know? And you're like, how long have you been doing that? And it's like, well, I've been playing guitar for, you know, probably like, um, gosh, you know, Forever. 20, 20 years now almost. Yeah. And it's like, but is it really 20 years? Because if you total right. up like how much time, how much time you spent, you've actually spent doing it, yeah. yeah, to actually get good at it, right? 
You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, 20 years, but there's some of those days that you just played for 10 minutes or maybe didn't even do anything that challenged you. So you didn't even get better that day. Right. It just makes you sit down and go, actually, I don't need that much time to get good at something. Mm -hmm. If you distill it all down to big chunks of time, you know? Yeah. It's really a mind-blowing book. I can't recommend it enough. You can usually find it on Amazon for like huh. a buck. Uh, even if you're not a musician, it's just a really fantastic, fantastic motivational read. So that's what I'm going to go with for a fiction. I've read a ton of nonfiction books. And a lot of a lot of them that I love the most are about old Hollywood. Uh, but I just remembered, because I, I was going to say Hollywood Babylon by, by Kenneth Anger. Okay. Which is full of like lies and half-truths, but it's so fun to Entertaining read. as fuck? Yeah. Uh, or Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, which is about 70s directors yeah. like Martin Scorsese and a whole bunch of other You talked about names. that a lot on the yeah. uh, Exorcist. Exorcist, yeah. There's yeah, a whole section on there. The Exorcist, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's just basically about how they're all cocaine monsters or whatever. <laughs> but um, the one that I, I didn't think of and just came to mind, but everybody in the United States needs to read at the very least, but anybody who wants to understand... Uh, how fucked up America has become. Oh, read a people's history of the United States by Howard Zinn. Um, it's an alternate take on American history, showing the minority perspectives and perspectives of progressives throughout mm. the United States history, and showing how uh, basically the country has always been run by conservatives trying to push down progressive ideals. It sounds like some kind of libtard propaganda, if you know yeah, what I mean. It is totally. So, don't you don't you love out. that? Like basically, because the word libtard has entered the lexicon. Yeah, it's it's like when I hear somebody say that, it's so great because it's basically like them wearing oh, a big badge on their forehead yeah. that says, "I'm that kind of idiot." Yeah, I'm that kind of idiot. <laughs> it's I'm like that great. Stupid. I know exactly mm -hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Got it. Uh, actually, though, I, I'm, this is not, I, it's not liberal, like, it's not liberal propaganda. It, it really is just showing, like, look, these are all the things that they don't teach you in school that definitely happened and they tried to bury, but it's not a conspiracy. It's just history. It's right. the true and real history of the United States, just without trying to glorify what has happened, without yeah. trying to say the United States is... Uh, undoubtedly the greatest nation. You can never uh, question a thing we've done. It, it questions a lot of things and also shows a lot of times where we've suppressed a lot of minorities and and uh, ideals and yeah. things like that. So, I mean, I didn't even learn about the Japanese internment camps. I know. Until like college. People, yeah, people like that should be taught. Like you're being taught about internment camps in World War II, and then it's like, well, I mean, but let's not mention the fact we also had them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. let's not also mention the fact... We still have them. We still have them. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, okay, so what was that called again? A People's History in the United States. Okay, yeah. that sounds pretty fascinating, yeah. man. It sounds like a, not exactly an uplifting beach read. It kind of, I mean, <laughs> it kind of is, though, because it, 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 remi like, it reminds you that uh, things that we're fighting for now... We're, we didn't come up with this out of nowhere. And the fact that people are still labeling it as communism didn't start recently. <laughs> it started long ago before communism was even really a thing. Like, they were labeling it as basically communalism or trying to take away the hard-earned money of these super rich people <laughs> who obviously... <laughs> 
didn't hard earn their money. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's all it's always been about repression of of certain ideals. But uh, the book really will like it'll introduce. You. I think I mentioned on a past episode, uh, Smedley Butler. It talks a bit about the instance of you know, a bunch of rich men coming to corporal smedley butler and asking him oh, basically yeah, if he wanted to that. take over the united states with them yeah because they hated fdr um so like read about and these things are true like these aren't conspiracy you can read their actual historical records there's tons of stuff to tell you this stuff all happened it's just not taught and it's not taught right because it makes us look bad yeah but yeah how can we get better if we don't know how bad we actually are yeah well if you don't learn from the past yeah you're doomed to repeat it yeah Interesting. You know, my, my pick for a nonfiction isn't all that far off from that either. Uh, I was going to recommend the real Frank Zappa book oh, okay. by Frank Zappa, uh-huh. uh, which is about sort of his history as a musician and his influences mm-hmm. and life as a touring band leader in the recording industry and stuff. But it it gets into everything. Yeah. And it, it was written in, God, probably like the maybe mid-late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Okay. Uh, which he was extremely critical of like Reagan, extremely yeah. hypercritical of Reagan uh, and that entire regime. So a lot of the book is about the American political scene and stuff at that time. And again, conservatives and yeah. stuff like that, uh, and how they've always run the country. Yep. So that's why what you're talking about, like, remind me, I was like, this sounds like the Frank Zappa book. Yeah. It's really good. Worth wow. a read. Even if you're not like a Zappa fan or whatever, you can still get into that. I mean, you can it. tell they always run the country because when they were forming the constitution there were a bunch of dudes like life liberty and the pursuit of happiness we should also get rid of slavery and then <laughs> a bunch of people were like no what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean by that money how am i gonna make money you want me to get out in the field myself you know work disgusting uh, by the way that's where the term redneck comes from yeah a white person with a redneck was disgusting work. because they had to work <laughs> So remember when you're calling Southerners rednecks that you're really not aiming at the right you problem. You were you're aiming at the people who weren't even the problem. You're aiming at the people who were also working in the fields. Yeah. The people who were the problem were the little, rich. Little sleight of hand it's act right there. Always the rich that yeah. are the fucking problem. <laughs> hey no, it's really those those bums on food stamps. Yeah, those are the assholes. <laughs> it says the person on food stamps generally. Yeah. yeah. So I just, a uh, little sidebar, I just got notification. Kate just texted me that she may be quarantined for several days after Holy she arrives fuck. back in the States. Yeah, apparently oh, they're, shit. this is in the middle of like the uh, coronavirus, coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, epidemic scare. Yeah. Which, uh, you which know, happened sh- around Chinese New Year, which was the worst fucking time for an epidemic to start because they all get together. Ooh, that's true. I yes. thought about that. Yeah, because yeah. like the numbers are like doubling overnight and yeah. shit, apparently. Yeah, so she has to fly from Bangkok to like Shanghai. Holy fuck! So fly, flying she, from you think Shanghai, she's gonna to get here. Shanghai. <laughs> she's gonna get Shanghai. The next time you see her, she's gonna be a pirate. <laughs> and I'll just return from my sea voyage, so we'll both be pirates. Yep. <laughs> so we got one good set of eyes between Holy the two shit, of us. Holy shit! What if the next time you see her is she's pirating your fucking ship? Oh she's like, shit! By the time she you see her, she's already <laughs> taken over the ship. Which sounds like Kate. Yeah, probably. probably something she yeah. did, really. <laughs> she's already captain of the ship. She's sounds like, about right. <laughs> she, has, she has Zora. Zora has an eye patch, yeah, too. Yeah, Zora, of course, has an eye patch. She's got two <laughs> eye patches. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty intense. I'm not... I don't know, man. I, I, might, I might eat my words. I'm going to touch wood, as the as the dead lobsters say, mm-hmm. for good luck here. Yeah. But, you know, it's like we've had SARS, we've had bird flu, we've had swine flu. 
Look, the regular fucking flu kills like almost yeah. 10,000 people a year, y'all. Like, there's all these variants and stuff, but... No reason to overreact to it, but there is reason to react to it. And then and the health organizations across the world are... I, th- I think I saw in Germany, they've already basically figured out some elements of oh, the really? virus. Like, it's... The world's already working on it. Don't don't freak out too much. Yeah, yeah. unless I you're mean, people a person, are dying and it's sad and, and yeah. it's the worst. If you're if you're a baby or yeah. an old person or a person with a compromised immune system, yeah, there's eh, a lot there's a lot to be, be a little bit worried about. Yeah. Sure, but that's probably a part of your everyday life anyway. The, the Baby's w- always worrying the about the health. Thing, the one thing to worry about is if they come up with a vaccine for it, because uh, I don't know how well that'll spread in the United States. Hmm. I don't know how many people will actually get it because not that many people get the flu shot and it'll just keep you from getting the flu. You know what? <laughs> this year, you know, I was really worried about getting the, yeah. nam- the NAM thrax again yeah. this year, which is like a hyper bug. It's like con crud basically right. from going to the NAM show. I did get a flu shot this didn't year. Didn't get, didn't get the NAM thrax. I didn't get the flu. I was also very careful though. I did like mm-hmm. no handshakes ever, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I was careful, but still. Yeah, yeah, might be something uh, to it, man. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully First time they really had a flu shot like ever, you know? Okay, we're ready to move on to the next yeah, question here? Let's hear it. We're winding down here. Okay, this is a great review by Horse Boner. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, I assume it's a he. I don't, although, no, I you know not. what? I hope it's not. Yeah, if it's some awesome chick that's like Horse yeah, Boner horse is an awesome boner. name, yeah. you're fucking badass. Uh-huh. Asks, what is the best horror movie starring an actress who is likely infected with Derek Jeter's brand of herpes? Derek Jeter, we were going through his list before the show here. Uh, he has dated a gamut uh-huh. of Hollywood honeys. But we figured it out. It's under the skin. Yeah, starring ScarJo. Yep. Oh, ScarJo, she's yep. called. Yeah. That movie, we've mentioned a few times on the show. Y'all, that is a underrated a treasure of mm-hmm. a movie. It's so Fucking strange, Yeah, we'll man. have to do that sometime. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we totally should, man. Especially this time of year where everything's all gray and mm-hmm. drab and nasty outside. Goes well with that. What is it? Is it like Scottish landscape or Irish or something? I don't remember. One of them. One of them. One of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's so fucking good, dude. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's, uh, that's the easy answer to that. The other possibilities, I mean, I don't know if Jordana Brewster's been in any horror movies. There was, uh, what's her name, who's married to Justin Timberlake. She was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, remake. Jessica, uh, Jessica Beal. Beal. Yeah, yeah. She's in TCM, so right. maybe she has that Derek Jeter herpes. Yeah, I but mean, yeah, Mar- I mean, Mariah Scar- Carey, Scarlett Johansson of uh, Mariah Carey. She had that movie that was horrible. Uh-huh. She did Glitter. Glitter, it uh-huh. was called. That's right. That's pretty hor- horrific. I think so. I yeah, I would say of that list, it wasn't even hard to choose which actress to look at because Scarlett Johansson is the one that I'd be like, yeah, she's the best actress on this list for sure. Bike by far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one more here, Steve, and then we're going to get into the movie. This is from Kevin Set Bingo. Kevin Set Bingo. Uh, his question is, what is both of yours favorite music-related movies? That Thing You Do is Mine with Rockstar, A Close Second. Okay. That's a good one right there. That is I, a good one. I do love That Thing You Do. That, that is a great one. I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. Some time ago on the show, where like we were getting that free stars yeah. preview weekend back on our satellite dish, that, that <gasps> Mr. Holland's opus, another Doing music related movie, thing the O'Neaters. Yeah, I love that thing. Uh, Empire That's also Records is one. I Empire love. Records mm-hmm. is so great, man. Yeah. Rex Manning Day. Rex Manning Day. Hell yeah. 
What's with today today? I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, Rory Cochran. The Cochrane. turtleneck guy. Yeah, Rory Cochran. Damn the man. Yeah, he's awesome. He's also the... Uh, I mean, there are a ton of stoners in Dazed and Confused, but he's the super stoner in Dazed and Confused. I don't know if you noticed an Empire record, but there are several really cute girls in the movie. <laughs> yeah. You might not have noticed. I did notice. You didn't yeah. overlook it. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, had... Big crush on Liv Tyler and Alicia Silverstone growing up, and then they were in that video, Aerosmith video together, yeah, which was kind of the kickoff of that. But yeah, uh, Renee Zellweger, Renee right? Zellweger, when, that's right. As a, as a young one, get to see her booty. She that's right. Puts on that apron with no clothes. Yeah, she's a cutie in that. Absolutely and then what's so. her name from the craft who shaves oh, her head? Yeah, and yeah, she's still she is cute. in the craft, yeah. dude. Uh-huh. Holy shit, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's a fun one, man. Yeah, good choice. I, rewatching it when like. Maybe five or six years ago, I was like, yeah, I mean, this, it's like super 90s and really sort of late teens, early 20s, aimed at that sort of audience. And perfect. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's still awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and too, it just makes you like kind of pine for like how cool CD stores were. Yeah. To go and browse through the bins and try to find records uh-huh. you didn't have and shit. Yeah. It's way more fun than browsing Spotify. He also got the uh, scene with Ethan Embry when he eats all those fucking uh, pot brownies and he's watching that Guar video. <laughs> and I forgot about my that. My cousin buddy and I love that part. Nice. <laughs> hey, you love the band. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Guar, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a great choice, man. That thing you do is actually definitely one of mine. Yeah, it's I up really there. like that one a lot. I think overall the most impressive, uh, well thought out, accurate music movie is Whiplash. Oh, okay. That movie, dude, mm-hmm. had my blood pressure skyrocketing. Did it have it rushing or dragging? It, oh, it wasn't my tempo, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Shit, dude, have you watched that? Yeah. My God, I'm serious, man. Like, I don't know, other than, like, hereditary, I don't know the last time, like, my hands have tense. sweat that much during right. a movie. Like, I was, you know, you, you, you hear people talk about, like, man, this movie was giving me full-on, like, anxiety watching mm-hmm. it. That never happens to me. Because yeah. I'm watching horror flicks, and I'm like, this could never happen. Yeah. That movie was, I mean, scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> Towards the end, like, when he gets on stage and just gets fucking hosed. Yeah. I was, like, falling apart. Yeah. It was also the the day before when I was leaving to play, like, I think my first ship rocked that I ever played, which was just me and my cover band. So it was, like... Let's go into this kind of unknown last minute and see what happens. Uh-huh. And then I watched that movie the night before I left. Damn. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So I think the impact that that movie left on me will probably cement that as uh, one of the finest music-related okay. movies ever made. Sweet. It's it's just amazing, man. And then, of course, we couldn't end the list without mentioning Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> just still so need to watch, man. Everybody needs to watch it. Everybody <laughs> needs to see it. Awesome. It's not good, but... It's got that chick from Wings in it. Ooh. Yeah. Well, if you guys want your questions answered, be sure to go on iTunes and write a review and just leave us a question, just like any of these. Like I said, it can, yeah. be, it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be yeah. horror-related. Just leave us questions, and you'll hear them answered right here on the show. Uh, mad props to anybody who's already put up a review and uh, put a question on yeah, it. Yeah, we really we'll appreciate them. that a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, the reviews help us show up in those search engines True. like crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to help the show out, you can do that, or you can donate to our Patreon page. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. That dang right. Now, Steve, I'd like to get me a pull here before we get into me the too. movie. Is that okay with you? I would love to, and I I'm feel interested in what's about to happen here. Okay, this is our last selection of this first batch of beers. 
that our man Jeff sent us. From although K2. K2 Brewing out of Rochester, uh-huh. New York. Uh, although he's got another batch of Hell goodness yeah. that he uh, just picked awesome. up from the brewery the other day. Yeah, I know, I, uh, I know we have another batch coming from uh, from the Pacific Northwest as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Always excited to try the beers that you guys want us to check out. Now, this is going to be interesting. So this is, again, a K2 Bros Brewing. This is their Jalapeno Cream Ale. Jalapeno Cream Ale. Now, now I like a cream ale. I, I don't, like a cream ale. I'm trying to remember if I've had any cream ales. Have you ever had a Little King's? I don't think <laughs> so. Like seven bottles that came in like an eight pack. Wait, yeah, those yeah. are awesome. Yeah, that's a cream that's ale. That's a cream ale. Yeah. Okay, so they're all right then. Uh-huh. Well, let's find out about this. I'm interested about the jalapeno element. Maybe it just pours out like a like a queso fresco. <laughs> that would be amazing. This if nice I drank clear. this and it tasted like a, a queso. Yeah, I would be. Actually, <laughs> I'd be happy about it. Because I, I, I uh, put beer in my queso dip. There you Maybe go. Maybe this will be queso. the beer I use you in the put future. Put queso in your beer. Put queso in my beer dip. This is uh this is a seven point oh, five ABV. Great. They're, they're like fresh jalapeno smell off of it. I love that, man. Me too. Mm. I, I like. I love jalapeno. Oh fresh, yeah, it definitely pickled, smells whatever, like a fresh but... jalapeno, dude. That's the thing, man. To me, like jalapenos, I don't only just love the heat that they contribute, but the I just love the, the flavor, s- Yeah, man. it's just like a perfect... It's almost like... I, I think it goes back to my Aunt Vicky had this garden, I remember when I was little, and the smell of the jalapenos. Is it great? Oh, you're going you're gonna to like that just fine. I'll tell you that. That's fucking awesome. Wow. Right? Because it's like who, it's who l- thought that? Because it's yeah, it's genius. The jalapeno yeah. with the cream. Yeah, it's lightly sweet. Mm-hmm. It has a little bit of heat, but more more than the heat, just the jalapeno yeah, the flavor. Taste. Yeah, like that habanero one that Jeff got us was hot. Yeah, it was hot. It actually had like real heat to it. This has just a tiny bit of heat, but more flavor to it. But with the sweetness and stuff, really mm-hmm. works very well. It almost reminds me of like a jalapeno candy or something. Mm. You mm-hmm. know. If somebody was like, would you like a jalapeno cream saver? <laughs> yeah. At first, I would like say that. no, but I've had this now, and I'd be like, okay, let's Bring try it, it out. on. Yeah, how about it? That's really fucking awesome. Yeah. What a unique beer. I can't yeah, compare I, that to anything I've ever had. No, at all. Uh, sometimes you get those like weird experimental beers, and it's just like, okay, it was unique, but I mm-hmm. don't really like it. This yeah, is like, I get this into works. It, yeah, the more I get into it, too, the more I get that jalapeno, like fresh jalapeno taste. Mm. Like almost just actually biting into a jalapeno. Yeah. It's good. Dude, whoever thought this one up had their fucking drinking cap on. Somebody up there in Rochester. One of them Yankees. Damn Yankees. <laughs> Thank he you so much, Jeff, for sending bagged it. Probably, probably stole it from a Southerner. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jeff, for sending us these K2 Bros Brewing Company Hell beers. Yeah. They have been... A big old hit. I think this one and the Winter Warmer are probably my favorites. Yeah, that Winter Warmer, man, that was wild. Yeah, I this, really like that. Yeah, one. both of them. Stra- like, actually, all of them are a little bit strange, except for maybe the Fruit Punch Sour, which just tasted delicious, yeah. like Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was awesome. Yeah, it was more like a wine cooler, <laughs> yeah. or malt liquor, or something like that. It was really good. But you know what's cool about all these is like, you got us the Winter Warmer, the Hol- uh, Habanero Sour IPA, yeah, a couple of the uh, the sours, the Tangerine one and mm-hmm. stuff, and now this. They've all been very different. Oh, yeah. All all over the map. That is nice to see. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, I don't know, fucking, whatever. Like, every variety of Sam Adams kind of tastes like 
Sam Adams. Adams. Yeah. They all is Stone. Uh-huh. Stone is the same way. Stone too. Stone is kind of the every same Stone yeah. kind of tastes the same, other than mm-hmm. that Vengeful Spirit, which yeah. is still my jam. There is jams. a Lagunitas taste, though several Lagunitas taste different. Yeah, certainly. Dark but you Swan. Can, you or, can tell. But you can still tell. You can still yeah. tell. And mm-hmm. thankfully, it's my favorite taste yeah, in it the, is the fucking best. world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, if we have any listeners that are out there near either of the Lagunitas yeah, breweries, yeah, Petaluma, Dude, fucking get us some. Whatever. If y'all can snag us some of that rare shit that we don't yeah. get out here, because they don't distribute all the crazy right. stuff all over the place. The, we, get, we get the normal stuff. We get little something. We get Maximus. Uh, yeah, hop yeah. Stupid. Down in Atlanta, they'll get a lot more. Yes. Yeah. But, like, yeah, here, we still get a pretty good distribution, but not... we Like, I never saw Sparkling or Dark Swan in this area. No, not often. Yeah. No. So, if you guys can uh, can snag some of that... Get at us. We'll give you a Hell post yeah. box to stuff too, man. Yeah. All right, Steve. The subject of today's show is paranormal activity. Uh-huh. From what year? When did this come out? Okay. Well, uh, it, it came out worldwide 2009. 2009. But it premiered in 2007. So it sat on the shelf a little while. Well, not really. There was no shelf for it to sit on except for Oren Pelly's because he made it with his own money. And was shopping it around to try to find somebody to distribute it. And he shelved it on his own shelf. Well, I guess he probably kept it in his pocket. Yeah, on a little yeah. hard drive or something. Yeah, so he could like show it to people. Like, okay. hey, here you go. Check this out. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, this is not the first time you've seen this. No, right? no. I uh, I think I saw it around uh, 2010, like early 2010. And at the time, wasn't super impressed with it because uh, I, th- I was just going to it with a real cynical... Found footage, blah. Yeah, I was going to it with a cynical mindset. Just like, this can't be good. And Yeah, well, after after Blair Witch, it's like there's this huge explosion of everything trying to be found footage, yeah. you know? And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I don't allow myself to give up on things as... Uh, uh, probably evidenced by the fact that I've seen all the Final Destination movies several times, <laughs> all the Saw movies... Um, and I've seen, I watched all the paranormal activity movies and I think it was around part three where I was like, wait, I think I'm wrong about this. I think these are actually better than I think. And so I went back and watched the first one again, like just, you know, like just palate cleansed, ready to watch it fresh. And I was like, this is fucking good. Like they, he's going against so many tropes, but like building so much tension mm. in a way that I didn't expect yeah, yeah. from a found footage film. Cause so much of found footage is just bad camera work. I mean, at this time, so much of found footage had been bad camera work and on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, obscuring and a whole lot of jump scares really and it's like i mean the thing about jump scares and a found footage is like jesus christ you just happen to capture that on film right like yeah uh this movie doesn't have jump scares not really in fact it does something amazing which is it it builds up your trust so that when the camera is just showing you a section of the house you're like something is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Well, because but thing it's is, not gonna be out of nowhere, right? It's yeah. just gonna be. You were supposed to pay attention. Then that small thing happens, and it's like okay. And then later it's bigger, and then later it's bigger again. But yeah. you've been trained to just keep your attention on it, so you keep watching it, and it's never a surprise, but it's always unsettling. Well, I think part of that too is just because the way that the film is is curated, so to speak. It yeah. it feels as though it is a 
bunch of found footage that somebody clipped together to show you the significant bits of what happened. Like they don't they yeah. don't show you the three hours where they were just sleeping and nothing happened. Like it, right. it blatantly shows you that this was curated by someone who found the footage and they fast forwarded uh-huh. to this part where something yeah. crazy happened. Yeah, they edited it together so that you can see. So, so you're like, watching it knowing whoever edited it is going to show you things for a reason. Right. It's just due to the way the whole thing is put together. Yeah. So you, you can you can infer or uh yeah, infer for sure. There's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of tape that was just nothing. Yeah. And all of this is just edited to show you the action. But it feels it feels so real because it had two things going for it. One, no script. Really? Yeah. There See, were, th- I'm, I'm new to this. This is yeah. the first time I ever watched. It was this. an outline of what was supposed to happen, but no, no script. All of the dialogue is improvised. So, like, how long was the actual script for this? I mean, you're talking like like probably, ten pages, probably or just something? like a page. Honestly, yeah. like he probably just had like these are the things that are going to happen. On this day, the yeah. the doctor's going to yeah. arrive. On this right. day, this happens. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just improvise stuff. Like, do you think he took a page from the Blair Witch in yes. doing it that way? Yeah, he was definitely going for Blair Witch, but like. Uh, so apparently, like, I mean, he he worked in as a, a computer programmer or something, and he he had already made a good bit of money, and so he had bought this house, the house that's in the movie. Okay, he had bought this house in San Diego. This is Oren. Uh, oh yeah, Oren Pelly. Uh, and he the the this was the first time he had stayed in a house by himself, like away from his family. And his first night, he just hears like you know all the normal creaks and groans of a house that you just don't notice when you're young. Uh, and he got this idea for these people who are uh, living in this haunted house, but uh, grabbing a camera and trying to go see what's happening instead of being like, you know, people often are in haunted house movies where they're just scared of the thing and constantly running from it. Right. Uh, in this case, he, he was thinking like, what what if somebody involved just wanted to go to where that noise was every single time? And, and you know, then we get... Mika, who does that? Um, <laughs> so this started because he just bought this house. Yeah, and huh. then so yeah, so like uh, he put this all together. They shot it in seven days. He he, got, he found two actors. Like the it, the post was that you had to be good at improv, and he basically had to find two people who immediately hit it off. And he said that Katie and Mika, it was like they had known each other for years when oh. they first just started talking. So. Had they worked in film before this, or is this their first movie? Uh, Katie, Katie had a she got an acting degree. She had just moved to. Um, oh, she's doctor actress, huh? Yeah, doctor actress. And Mika had worked as a camera operator, but uh, was you know trying to act. But no, neither of them, and neither of them have done much outside the paranormal activity realm. Mika, nothing outside the. Oh, paranormal, really? But she's Katie, uh, Katie's been in like a bunch of them, right? She, yes, she has been in, I, I believe, five total. Wow, there's a lot yeah. of these. We'll talk about the sequels later, yeah, too. Yeah, we will. Um, but th- that's the thing, though, is like when you're doing a found footage movie like this, if you want to keep the illusion going, you can't fucking put Tom Cruise in it. No. Unless, it it, unless it's specifically yes. The Haunting of Tom Cruise, which is a movie I want to see. Hell yes. <laughs> Him jumping up <laughs> on couches going crazy. Tom Cruise. Give me that movie, dude. Yeah. What in, in The Haunting of Tom Cruise, we see him on Oprah jumping on that couch, but that's because a ghost gator is coming up from... Ooh, he's haunted by <laughs> ghost gators. <laughs> Fascinating. Well, he's haunted by all so- sorts of ghosts, but ghost <laughs> gators for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the, the feel, the like realness to it really works i think like because you have no idea who these people are 
there's nothing nothing about it that really hits the major horror tropes you would expect from a haunted house or or uh Possessed yeah, there's house. There's no blood running down the walls right. or anything crazy. It's all just noise. There's nothing like, levitating even. Yeah, you know? just noises. We hear noises. Yeah, basically, and and then some slamming doors and stuff. But like that's so effective. It's still it's never so too over the top. Yeah, it's still so capable of drawing you in. Like, uh, I think I think these movies probably work best on people who do believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. As someone who doesn't believe in ghosts, I'm just watching it and like so invested in how well he's building the tension. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. But well, I bet if is, you believe in ghosts, this is the type probably of movie gets that real, fuck with it? You. Yeah. The thing is, is I think a lot of that tension, uh, and like you said, the more subdued nature of the of the haunting, as it would be, yeah. is I think so effective because whether you believe in ghosts or not, I mean. Everybody has had some time that they've woken up in yeah. the middle of the night and heard a thump or heard yeah. footsteps or heard something seen, that sounds like a voice. Yeah, or a light switch has been turned mm-hmm. on or a door moves or right. whatever. It's like everybody's had these experiences. Yep. Whether you, you know, just think it's well, the house is settling or you mm-hmm. think it's a fucking ghost. Um, it's still unsettling every time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it all goes back to, I think, when you were a kid, too, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd wake up in the night and everything is so quiet and you'd look out the hallway and just watch and see. Yeah. You'd think you saw a shadow moving and shit like that. I think this movie does that kind of thing very well, even with the way that, like, the way they have the camera set up in their bedroom, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's not just pointed at them in bed. You also get that long shot of out the door and down yeah. the hallway. It's specifically aimed down the hallway, but it's set up so we can still see them in bed, which gives us a good, like, context, but yeah. also, like, it, it's able to show us all the stuff, but yeah. never shows us anything because it's in the dark. Like, but, but it reminds me of, like, you know, my, my room when I was a kid that I would sleep in was off of a hallway. Yeah. And I'd sleep with the door open. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, having nights where I'd wake up and I'd hear a sound and I would just watch the hallway mm-hmm. looking for shadows moving or looking uh. for anything. And this movie does so well with that of like giving you the same effect. It gives you that dark hallway, mm-hmm. but it also gives you, I think, the added suspense of, you know, you sitting here watching this dark hallway outside of their bedroom, knowing that if you saw something, mm-hmm. even if there was something to see, which there never is, no. but even if you saw it, they wouldn't know it was there. Yeah. Because like they're sleeping or they just couldn't yeah, see down the hallway. Yeah, that is a constant creepy element to it is the stuff that's happening and knowing they're right there and they're not uh, awake yeah. and aware of it. And it's like, well, I don't know why we creepy. feel safer if we're awake and aware of it. It's just like the kid thing where you cover yourself with a blanket yeah, and yeah, now you're safe. Yeah, like, sure. Out of sight, like out of you mind. just feel safer, like knowing that you know it happened. Yeah, like just seeing it later would be the most frightening thing. I think later. So I like that they kept the poltergeist activity at somewhat subdued levels. Like it, again, it never goes full on like the movie Poltergeist, yeah. where there's a room full of shit there that's objects yeah. flying around through the air and stuff. Not a lot of us have seen that stuff. But a lot of us have felt weird breezes from mm-hmm. nowhere and cold mm-hmm. pockets of air and things like that that this movie deals with. I think that's why it's so effective is because it's more relatable than over-the-top yeah. haunted house, crazy possession activity. Let me just... Uh, I'll get through real quick how this ended up in theaters uh, because it, I think it's a, a an entertaining story. Um, one that you don't hear a lot anymore. I mean, you honestly... Do not hear of movies that have a $15,000 budget being released That's crazy. nationwide. <laughs> you know, before we get into that, I'm just going to point out, I'm loving this beer. Yeah, me too. 
And what I'm thinking about with every sip is, can you imagine how good this would be with like a grilled bratwurst or yes. something? I was going to say a burger. God, or a burger. Maybe, yeah. Holy shit. You got that with tacos? Anything. It'd be it's awesome. awesome. It's really good. There's just something about it that I was like, man, this would be great with food specifically. Because yeah. a lot of these beers we have on the show are like not really food beers. They're this just actually might even on their be own. really good with Mexican food. That's like, what I'm saying. With tacos yeah. or something would be yeah. awesome, man. Wow. Yeah. Good shit. Okay, so okay, how so, do they make this movie? Okay, so Warren Pelly made this movie. I mean, just basically, I have he has the money. He uh, had he ever worked in the film industry before? No. He's just a guy who's like, I want to make it a movie. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you know, uh, Blair Witch found footage. It uh, and that's what he wanted. He didn't want it to seem like unreal so the more real it is the better so isn't that the great thing about found footage yes it's supposed to look real, like better. you didn't make a movie exactly so that means that you don't have to go out and buy a red camera right or some kind of crazy ridiculous mm -hmm. rig you don't have to go buy a steady cam and incredible mics and in fact that if you do that it makes it less, less believable yeah. yeah yeah that's the great thing about doing a found footage movie is that it's supposed to look like it was filmed for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what was crazy about it too, though, like before Kate left, she got the new, uh, she got the newest like iPhone, uh -huh. and she's been sending me videos, and the videos are insane quality. The new iPhone, yeah. Yeah, it's like you could film something on that, and it wouldn't really look like a found footage movie, no, because it doesn't look like shit. Like you'd probably yeah. have to go in and digitally degrade it, yeah, to make it look like it wasn't filmed on I mean, a that, good camera. That movie Unsane was shot entirely on iPhone. I didn't see that one. Oh well, I mean. Check it out. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so he he makes the movie. Uh, and just think about this. He's made this fifteen thousand dollar movie. No idea if people are gonna like it. So he he submits it to Scream Fest in two thousand seven. Okay. It shows at Scream Fest and uh, people are digging it. And a a an assistant from CAA, a talent agency in LA, sees it and signs him immediately so they they get him a meeting with jason blum now most uh, blumhouse blum yeah that okay guy. This, uh, this is before this is he was anybody blumhouse no blumhouse at this point this is just jason blum senior executive at miramax at the time p.s he should have called it blum hut i'm just saying that sounds better or if he had called it blumkin blumkin it's there called. <laughs> so he he gets him, uh, the, the agency get him in front of Jason Blum. Jason Blum really enjoys the movie uh, and, and gets attached to it, but it says, like, you know, we Miramax can't do it or whatever. We, we'll have to shop it around. So now you got Jason Blum shopping around with Oren Pelly, which helps a lot because he's former, or he is the senior executive of Miramax. So they take it to DreamWorks, uh, Spielberg's company. Spielberg sees it and, and some other people. They all enjoy it. They say, okay great interested they buy it for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, but they say we're gonna have to remake the whole thing oh wow yeah so they decide they're gonna remake the whole thing and uh jason blum and oren pelly convinced them look look let's just have one screening of the movie to see you know maybe get some ideas of what to do with the remake or whatever but they're really secretly being like we know, know it'll hit we yeah. know people will probably really like this wow so the original intent was to Blow it all away and redo the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, they're losing nothing. Uh, $15,000 on the budget, $350,000 they paid the guy. Yeah, you're That's already in the black. Yeah, you've already made money. Yeah. Wow. So uh, the thing is that DreamWorks had been acquired by Paramount 
two years before this. So when DreamWorks takes it to Paramount, Paramount wants to make a bunch of changes and whatnot, but they do the, the, the viewing. And basically what happens when they have like these audience viewings of movies is, uh, you go in for free. You can leave if you want, but you do have to do an exit interview. Like you don't have to stay for the whole movie, but you have to do an exit interview and basically give them what your thoughts are. You don't have to go home, but you but can't, you can't stay, stay here. here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you can't go home. You have to stay here for this exit <laughs> interview. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so there, the movie starts playing and they start noticing some people walking out and the executives are thinking like, Oh, fuck. People hate this it. This is a bomb. People hate this. And then the people doing the exit interviews find out they're leaving because they're disturbed. Wow. Like, and that, for a horror movie, means you're going to make a lot of fucking money. And this is real. This isn't like Veronica. No. No. Yeah. Why would, yeah. Why would, because like this happened in 2017. They didn't release the movie, or 2007. They didn't release the movie for two years. Like, when they did advertise it, they started. They did those advertisements where they showed the audience. Oh yeah, reacting. the audience reaction. And shit. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, I remember like, that now. Yeah, but also because like, how what would you show from the movie as like promotional material? Right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look. Good. How do you make an action packed yeah. trailer out of this exactly. stuff that's filmed yeah. really low res and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So they decided to scrap the remake, which then they weren't confident about releasing it entirely. So they decided in like lead up to it they took it to 12 college towns and showed it and uh, aside from one showing at uh penn state they completely sold out and the reason the showing at penn state didn't sell out is there was a penn state football game that day hmm. uh, there, nobody at penn state was going to be there but still there were a ton of people there so all these showings sell out and then they do sort of limited release with just a few cities and they're all selling out making tons of money so this isn't the type of movie that they did this week one nationwide thing and then like see where it's at in the box it office. was kind of grassrootsy huh? it's kind of grassrootsy from the beginning and then finally they get it out worldwide the first week it was like number four in the box office again if this were a hundred million dollar movie it's a bomb if you're number four in the box office your first week yeah but because it was a fifteen thousand dollar movie it was like what gigantic and then it eventually ended up number one in the box office beating out the whatever saw was out at that time whoa so i mean that that right there that's huge very huge yeah so which is funny too because i mean saw like we talked about on our saw episode i mean that was kind of one of those original like this was made for nothing very similar made made for nothing made in like very limited amount of time and yeah still like the, this movie surpassed that. And in fact, this is believed to be the best uh, uh, performing budget to most box profitable. office result. Most profitable wow. movie ever made. Uh, the, Holy cow. The franchise is definitely extremely profitable. Uh, the total budget of all six films, $28 million. Oh, for sorry. six movies? For six movies, sorry. $28 million and $15,000. Uh, total box office eight hundred and ninety million five hundred and thirty three thousand almost a billion dollars almost a billion dollars off of less million. than thirty million dollars holy shit so now that's a good return right there that's an amazing return and the thing is that like these movies could easily be looked at by horror fans as like too mainstream but you if you don't know the history if you don't know the lead up it's like 
this is the least mainstream shit you could do. This was somebody who wasn't even part of the horror industry making a horror movie that ended up being one of the biggest movies of the year, like horror movie wise, like one of the biggest horror movies of the year. And then a huge franchise that is supposed to add a seventh um, wow. title either this year or next. No so, kidding. Yeah. Well, damn good on him, man. Yeah. Way to go. Well, the I, thing is, though, is this is one of those movies, dude, that whenever you see it, kind of similar to Blair Witch in a way. Uh, it's the same thing that Kevin Smith felt whenever he saw Slacker, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Linkletter, where you watch it and you go, I could make a movie. That's true. Yeah, just like, like me watching Kevin Smith's Clerks. Yeah, I could dude. Make a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, you watch it and you go, the only difference between me and Oren is that I've not made it. a movie. Yeah, he did it. Is that he actually did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a director. He's not, like, trained in film. He didn't even uh, do any of the camera work. The camera was set up or controlled by uh, Mika Mika most of the time. Or Katie. Wow. Holy cow. He just found the best way to make money ever. He did. Yeah. (laughs) You know your actors? That's your crew also. Uh (laughs) You know your set? That's your house. You guys know how to carry a camera? Good. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of building sets? Here you are. Come, come to my house. Yeah. Can you imagine being the two actors? Uh, you, you, you answer. It was, it was listed, I think, on a website. The, the, the audition call. You answer this call for audition. You go in. There's this guy who, uh, has no connections in Hollywood. So like, your agent doesn't know who he is. Yeah. He, this guy says, guy. okay, I want to shoot this horror movie in a week at my house no dialogue scripted you'll have to make it all up and you're running the camera and also i need you to run the camera <laughs> Can you imagine that like it's they gonna got be a pass five hundred dollars for being in this movie for real yeah did they get any part of the back end oh i think so yeah oh god I, i'm I pretty hope sure so. yeah i'm pretty sure and actually that might be why neither of them have pursued much in acting because they, they good made to go. good money i mean i know Katie's been in like four or five of the movies too. I don't know though, dude. The thing is, is like with movies like this that are set up with such low budget and such low aspirations, there might not have been any kind of back end deal. It might it's have been possible. like this is. I mean, the same thing yeah. happened with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, those people made jack shit off of that. It's movie. possible. It's also probable though, because um, studios will cover their asses in these cases a lot of times. Uh, because you don't want actors pursuing you for back wages. Yeah. Uh, studios, when they buy the thing, will then give the actors a new contract with some reasonable amount of money so that they don't have to worry about a lawsuit in the future. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hopefully that worked out for them in the end. Hopefully, yeah. I, I hope they made tons of money off this because they did everything. They filmed this in a week. Filmed it in seven days. Yeah. I mean, I can believe it, though, honestly. Yeah, me too. You know, you- I, the, there is no real day night. It change like the w- there's only one real shot where it looks like it goes from night to morning, but it's not going from night. to Those are lights. Yeah. You can tell like yeah. the sun doesn't go directly into your room and stay there for the day. <laughs> Maybe not your room. Oh, you're, is the sun always <laughs> just ch- checking you out? Hey, man, what's going hey, on? How you doing? What's is the sun on? is the sun wearing sunglasses like yeah, he always does? He does. What's he what's he guarding himself from? Yeah, you think he just doesn't. You think he's uncomfortable with eye contact? What That's why fucking, we're not supposed to look at the sun. What are those fucking sunglasses made out of? <laughs> Who knows? They would have to be pretty hard. Pretty core. durable. Pretty durable materials. What, what could? What metal could survive? Unobtainium. Unobtainium could do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so that's crazy. So they filmed this in 
a week. I mean, dude, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. We, yeah. We've had days where we filmed these, like, you know, fake horror trailers, and we take two days of filming to do mm -hmm. that. And that's... And that's just joking around for funsies. And that's like three and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, max. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, it gets more believable whenever you factor in that, like, it's not like they had to do a lot of setting up lighting. They didn't no. have to do, like, a bunch of special effects and green screen yes. shots or anything They're like that. They're, in fact, our zero, uh, like, computer effects, really, and until they had to shoot a separate ending for Paramount. Yeah, we'll talk about those yeah. endings and stuff, too. You know, there was one other shot in there, though, that I caught this time around. I watched it the other night, and then I watched it again today uh -huh. uh, to get ready for the show. There's that one shot towards the very end of the movie where, you remember, like, they're going to leave the house, and then she's like, no, we should stay. Yeah. And there's that shot of the camera on her, and she's laying in bed. She she's has like, the we'll double be voice. We'll be okay now. Yeah. Did you notice her face? Did there's, it sort of warp a little? Just barely mm -hmm. like there's like a little bit of a weird digital yeah uh it, i mean it's not even like you know fucking uh whenever uh bilbo reaches for the ring and his face freaks out right it's scary for a second it's not that it's just like this really weird subtle like the first few frames of one of the people in the black hole sun video when their face gets weird <laughs> it's like they just did a few frames and then stopped yeah uh, it's very subtle, and I didn't yeah. notice it the first time that I watched it, but this time I was watching it, and I was like, did her face just get fucking weird? <laughs> but it's really nicely done, because yeah. it's not over the top. I mean, she doesn't, you know, turn into a demon face for a second there. It's just weird. Yeah, and the the end bit where she does turn into a demon face for a second there. Oh, we'll talk about the end. Yeah, no so me gusta. Let's get to the no me gusta, really, yeah. yeah. But, but, but basically, with that little amount of setup and special effect shots and stuff like that, I think it's entirely plausible to do this. For fifteen thousand dollars yeah. a week. I mean, honestly, fifteen thousand dollars seems like that's pretty high to me. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely plausible to make uh, this movie for fifteen thousand dollars. Well, here's it's the entirely implausible for it to end up making one hundred ninety-three million. My God, man! <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that fifteen thousand dollars? A lot of this went into the house itself. Yeah, I was reading some stuff online where it said that in order to kind of prepare for the movie and mm -hmm. stuff, Orin spent, I think, the previous year like renovating the house yeah. and stuff to get everything looking the way that he wanted it mm -hmm. to for the movie. And that got my gears turning a little bit. Because I was thinking to myself, if you've, if you've got a home, mm -hmm. you own a home, and you want to do some major renovations, yeah, you could just make it a tax write-off. Right. By, by saying, shooting a movie. by shooting a found footage movie <laughs> and making that, yeah, well, it's set expense, so I had to do I it. Had to, had to. So I'm just saying, if in a few years you get a movie that's set in my house and the characters are like, I think the demons are in this wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. We better rip it up and replace it with hardwood floors. Okay. Okay. They rip it up frantically. They replace it all with like beautiful walnut floors. They start floors. to rip it up, and then uh, you you uh, on set realize, wait, why don't we just say we should hire somebody to do this? We should hire somebody to come in and take up. Is that? But we can't do. It. The demon wants a second full bathroom. Yes. He needs an old re uh, carpenter and a new recarpenter. Otherwise, yeah. it won't work. I think the ghosts are in the uh, plumbing and electrical. We better rip those out immediately. Oh, <laughs> like the whole movie is just basically like an episode of this old house. Yeah. But it's in the name of like the fighting the ghosts. Then the sequel is House Hunters. 
<laughs> you just found a way to not only flip houses but also make money off of yeah. the, the renovations themselves. Trademark yeah. dead lovely. Yeah. This is our. This is gonna be our series. I mean, HGTV <laughs> is is like a, It's here in Knoxville. Yeah, it's true. We got so the people right let's go here. Talk to we them. got connections, man. <laughs> We got to renovate this house to get the demons out and then flip it. <laughs> and then flip it. The <laughs> demons said that if we flip it, it has to leave. <laughs> but then we get to the next house and we find out it's followed us here. So, oh, no. Oh, no. Got to do it again. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there's not a ton to talk about in this other than, I mean, you know. Do Let's you talk about the characters a the little characters bit. The characters are that? really the main thing. Because there's uh, not a lot of them. No, there's Katie, who just seems to be this uh, cute chick with an unfortunate situation. Okay, I was wondering if it was just me, but... I mean, you know, clearly, I like I like short brunette girls. That's true. I think she's fucking adorable. Yeah, Katie's hot. She totally seems like that... Well, it's totally that girl next door. Like, you yeah. could have went to college with her or whatever. Yeah. Like, she seems just like a normal-ass chick that I think is very attractive. Yeah, she is very and attractive. And also, I think she's a pretty fucking good actress. I think she does a great job. I think she and Mika both do a good job. They... they Because what they're playing at... She's better is, than Mika, I Of course think. she is. But also, uh, her character is just better than Mika's yeah, character, Yeah, too. because Mika is an asshole. Mika, <laughs> yeah. worst boyfriend ever. He's not great. But also, I think she has... Also, most idiot ever... <laughs> most idiot ever yeah probably burn a cross that should help <laughs> what an idiot <laughs> he like, really he every really? dumb thing yeah yeah he goes in the attic but he that, uses a ouija board but he burns there's a reason cross for it too because like it's like it's so it's so easily explained because he's very skeptical of it and even though he's seeing it like he's still not believing that it's like something otherworldly he's thinking like I'm catching this phenomenon. I want to figure out what it is. And then finally, he sort of comes around to it's a demon. Yeah. But it's almost like he still thinks of it as a joke. Well, you know what I think it is? is more than him like not taking it seriously. Because I think towards the end of the movie, especially when he gets kind of like aggro at it and is like, mm. come at me, ghost, and yeah. stuff. I think he <laughs> is. <laughs> he kind of does. He does. He, he, he totally forgets the principle of talk, shit, get hit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's going to be the name of our... Uh, house flip horror come movie at me, ghost. come at me ghost <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> but you know I think with his situation it's less that he's not taking the spiritual element of it seriously and more of he's doing the I don't know what else to call it other than like husband project syndrome where yeah. you know like I think a lot of dudes do this where if they're if their partner you know is having trouble with something and they call on them to fix it, mm. they get more interested in the task itself than in the actual person. Like, he rarely ever is, like, yeah. asking Katie, This isn't like, actually a, a, just a dude problem. This is just a, a problem you deal with. Because yeah, my, my, wife, my wife has had this, this issue, too. The, you know the, what I mean, though? Where it's like... Yeah, you want to just fix the problem instead of, like, communicating and dealing with the problem. Well, and he gets so interested yeah. in the in the project itself that yeah. the project is more important than what she's going through. We're yeah, like, trying to find an answer. Yeah. Like, trying to find a way, instead of listening to the person, you're trying to find an answer that'll just make it go away. Or you're just looking yeah. at it as like a fun project where you get to go out and buy new toys and gadgets and every time something horrible happens on camera, you're like, no, this is great. We got good footage. Yeah. It's like he's so much more interested he in is, yeah. the project than in helping his girlfriend. Uh-huh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I gotcha. That's kind of the impression that well, I got. And, out yeah, of it. and she's the whole time she's she just hates the camera more and more and more. Which 
I would say she has like saint like patience with the camera. I would not have made it that far Fuck before no. I. Do, okay. There are alternate <laughs> endings. This is an alternate ending that wasn't shot. So I'll go ahead and talk about it. One of the alternate endings was that she corners camera or corners Mika and beats him to death with his camera. Oh, Jesus. and that is, I think, like a perfect sort of ending because that's exactly like her rage seems to build each time about the camera like she says so much about the camera the more she gets upset i know yeah, yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff about like it was never this bad until you brought yeah. that camera in and stuff yeah they didn't shoot it because they thought it was too brutal but wow yeah, i think it's like a perfect sort of well, the perfect thing is, though, ending. with that ending in mind of that being a possible way that this wrapped up that's kind of cool because i watched this movie in a lot of ways and thought of it as Man, what a weird like omen this was for the social media age. Yeah, where mm-hmm. I mean, everything's filmed and nothing, dude. I mean, Pe- the people behind the camera seem to be disconnected from the thing they're filming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is good. I'm getting good footage, mm-hmm. and it's their own family they're dealing with. Yep. Like, there's all those YouTube channels and stuff that yeah. have like millions of followers, and yeah, it's just about a family and their lives. Yeah, where parents manipulate their children to get views. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Well, and there's stuff in this movie that even kind of hints at that in a way mm-hmm. where. Uh, one of the first scenes after he sets up the camera, she says, like, I can feel it watching me. And uh-huh. you're like, is she talking about the ghost or the or camera? Or the camera, yeah. It follows me everywhere I go. The okay. ghost, the or, ghost the or the camera. Either uh-huh. way. Uh, I don't know if it was really meant to be some kind of, like, you know, telling uh, commentary on the upcoming social media age, considering yeah. when this came out. But it's like, I think it's very relatable as somebody that spends a lot of their time in front of a camera mm-hmm. to look at it that way. Yeah. I think so too. I I think that's uh, something I hadn't considered at all, and now that you're mentioning it, like I'm seeing that 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 does play out through this, where yeah. it's almost like it's almost like the more you put some someone on camera, the more something eventually has to happen. <laughs> like the observer effect. Yeah. yeah. So like eventually something's gonna happen that at least the person observing is going to believe is significant. Well, and maybe that's why. Mika does so many things that, like we said, are just like, God, you're doing that? Yeah, to try to make something happen. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Because, again, he's more interested in getting the footage than he is in solving the problem. about the situation. (laughs) Because ultimately, at the end of the day, he just wants to get the good footage. Yeah. More than he wants to solve the problem. So that's Mm -hmm. why he does dumb things like bring a Ouija board into the house. After doing that, that so lame, like, I'm not lying. I said I wasn't going to buy a Ouija uh, board. Yeah. I borrowed one. Yeah. Like, those kind of, like, just half-ass lies. Mm-hmm. That shit drives me insane, man. But again, remember, he made that up. He made that up as he was talking words to her. They were talking words at each other and just making up a relationship. I, like, I'm so impressed pretty by good. that. It's pretty like, good. I mean, I've seen tons of improv things. Like, I believe uh, Creep, is, a lot of that is improv. Sure, yeah. And, that, and that's amazing. I mean, Creep is an amazing movie. This fits on that same level where it's like, they, they found these two people, they put them together in seven days. They sh- they were able to create this fake relationship out of nothing. And it's pretty believable. It feels pretty believable. It feels yeah. pretty believable to me, man. I think a lot of their interactions and stuff, Yeah. Um. even 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 like the, the non-horror related things, like where he's like kind of getting randy about setting the camera up in the bedroom and stuff. Uh-huh. And she's just kind of like shutting him down a little bit. Yeah. It's pretty convincing. Yeah, I've known re- couples like that for sure. Yeah, where it's like uh, you guys shouldn't be together. I mean, you're you're nice to each other and whatnot, but you also 
not communicating at all and you you're really just together for convenience and that seems to be how it is the well their lives seem convenient neither of them fucking ever work or do anything yeah he's a day trader he's we never see him trade shit what's he day trading pokemon cards what's he doing i I think he's made enough money that he doesn't have to worry about it right like it's just one of those uh things where he must be a yankee it's enraging yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got this like beautiful pool and all yeah. this other shit there oh, too. You son of a bitch! Fuck that guy. Ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some short ribs later. Take that, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things that I think that their relationship is actually pretty convincing. Again, I I like her a lot better than him, but I think that's just more to do with how their characters are written. I would agree on that. Mika's yeah, uh, yeah she's supposed to be seen heroically, and it's um. So let's just talk real quick about the sequels. I think that's a good intro. So the I've not seen any of the sequels. Yeah, no, you don't have to. But the story that is the first movie uh, is actually set up by the third movie and the second movie. The third movie is first in the timeline. It starts in 1988. The second movie involves her sister, Christy, who uh, is younger, I believe. So Katie is in those movies, and then she's also in the fourth. And um, so it actually does go back and explain like their childhood and shit. Yeah, and I I, don't, I won't get into it because I, I think yeah, don't spoil it for it's me. It's so cool. And is it good? Yeah, I think part three is really good. I think the the you revelation of like what is going on is surprising and also like really interesting. But again, it. it I, I will say that the sequels of this, some of them fall into the trap of jump scares. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they do. They, well, I mean, they you can't be doing it. the same thing but, again and again and again. So. Yeah, but they, they do do some amazing stuff with advancing, like, how cool the effects are. Like, just one in particular is, like, you see a bunch of dust fall, and you see, like, it fall onto like an the outline. outline. That's kind of cool. And it's like, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you get some cool stuff, but then there... I think three has, like, two, two unearned... Well, mm, one completely unearned jump scare that didn't do anything. One that's a jump scare that is earned, but it's also, like, this is unrelated to the movie. You just didn't need this. Because Paranormal Activity survives without that. Right. So, like, why not make them all like that? But, uh, so anyway, yeah, we get we get more about Katie, and you do find out that actually what she's doing is villainous. Oh, like, yeah? Yeah, she, she may know very well what she's doing. I was wondering that yeah. watching it, actually. Yeah. Like, I was watching the movie going, like, what if this isn't something that, right. that's just innocently happening to her? You know, there are actually two ways this could have gone, too, because, like, I, I had that suspicion even the first time watching it through, but watching it again. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I think that, like, watching Black Coat's daughter... That makes it, ha- yeah. It you makes just you just start- question, like, what if this person wants yeah, this to happen? <laughs> this might be the person, <laughs> person's main desire. Uh, watching it again, though, I was like, there's an argument. Like, you could be watching this movie and think, oh, Mika's the reason for all this. Like, he's forcing it all because, like, maybe he does this with his girlfriends. Like, there, that could be a separate movie where a guy brings his girlfriends into a haunted house and pretends it's not haunted. And then really just sort of forces the haunting to kill his girlfriend. Okay, yeah. Like, I, I mean, that that seems to be there, too. But, yeah, it does 
from the sequels seem like Katie knows a little bit what she's doing. Well, let me ask you too: Are the other uh, sequels are they also found footage style? Yeah, they're all found footage. Yeah, every single one of them. What time do they take place in? Is like eighties, uh, so seventies. The part two is about is happening about the same time as this. Okay, like part two, so Katie still shows in, like, up nice at the beginning era. Yeah, Katie shows up at the beginning of part two, and it's when she's about to move in with Mika, and then it zooms forward like a year, I think, and then it's exactly at the same sort of time all this stuff is happening also with her sister, Christy. Okay. Uh, And then part three is an 88, but then four uh, Ghost Dimension and... and, uh, Marked ones or something The marked ones, yeah. All of those are about the year that they come out okay so yeah. it's not like it's in like the 40s where it's like who the fuck has a way to no. record video back no. then you know <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> that would be amazing if it oh still stella they released a paranormal activity and it, the whole time it was just a waveform and a uh wax cylinder it's playing. only available on wax yeah. cylinder yeah <laughs> <laughs> paranormal activity 1921 <laughs> Ahoy! <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot um, there's a lot going on in this movie that never gets explained, and that's something I wanted to talk about particularly. Yeah, man. Because you know the thing is, is like there's some movies that you watch where there's a lot of unanswered questions, and you yeah. go, "Oh, sloppy ass writing." What is this we're drinking on? I know, right? I, I pulled out a, a sneaker yeah. right here. This is an unplanned one from the Frigidaire. This is a Guinness Over the Moon Milk Stout. Okay, I like it. I it's took pretty good, my first right? drink of it, and I was like, "That's a that's a solid milk stout." Yeah, it's a five point three ABV, luxuriously smooth yeah. and sweet, with creamy notes of chocolate and coffee. Made Nothing at our fancy Open Gate Brewery it. in Baltimore, Maryland, where we combine two hundred and fifty plus years of Guinness brewing experience in Ireland with American beer creativity. Pretty nice. I like yeah, it better a- than a regular Guinness. I think. Yeah, for sure. Of course, a Guinness from a bottle, a Guinness from a tap is. It's different, way different if story. If it's poured yeah. proper, yeah. Yeah. But this, yeah, drinking it, it was just like, that is a milk style. That's exactly what one should taste like. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. nice and tasty right there. Yeah, that's what I was uh, I was wondering about, though, is like, you see some movies where, like I said, questions never get answered, and you're like, yeah. they just put that in there to be weird, or right. they, they had no plans to answer this, like fucking Lost or something, you know? Yeah. But in this movie, I felt like they had already planned out some backstory. Yeah, I, mean, I think he did, too. I think he had some backstory planned smartly. And some of it's... I think kind of clumsy. I mean, the whole, oh, yeah. like, the Ouija board seemed to spell out Diane. I went on a Supernatural website, and I found someone yeah, named Diane. That, that's kind of that's That actually shit. doesn't come back in any future movies. Which really? Is, yeah. I figured that had to be, like, a main subject of one of the other no, movies. No, I think, I think the demon is just manipulating Mika because he's easy to manipulate. Okay. He's like, if I spell out Diane, Diane's connected to this, and then he'll look that up and keep trying to contact me so I can finally take Katie. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so, a a good first in a franchise yeah. assumes there's not going to be a franchise. Like, tell, a good, tell the story, make it stand. Yeah, on its a own. good first movie makes yeah. a, a movie that stands. Are uh, Nightmare just, on Elm Street totally yeah. stands on its own. Make a story that stands on its own. Leave avenues for questions. Okay. Like leave yeah. avenues. Maybe we do make a sequel, but also make it so that if you don't get an answer to that question, it doesn't affect the your quality of that movie. Yeah, your way that you process the movie. If you're sitting there the whole time going, "But what about Diane?" Like, then the movie has failed. Mm-hmm. But you're not. You're you're more concerned with the two people you're seeing constantly. 
And so when you find out then in part two, oh, this world's a little bit bigger. But again, it stays within a house. And then part three, bigger, stays within a house, bigger. Like each sequel, okay, there's there are more people that are being affected by this, but in each case, it's still going to be found footage within one single location. So you, in a good, effective first movie, you set up the premise, you set up the sort of location idea, and you give us a solid story set in that world. If it, if it succeeds... Part two is going to be more of the same, but it's going to give us more. It's going to expand more on the world. It's going to say, maybe answer some of the questions from the first, but also give us way more questions for a potential third. Like, yeah, but the first one has to be solid. It cannot be that you spend your first movie setting up all the exposition for the franchise you hope happens. Yeah, nobody will want to watch that. Nobody. Yeah. If yeah. it's just a ton of setup, then nobody it's gives a shit. It's uninteresting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you really look at every... Every one of the great horror franchises, I mean, whether it be mm-hmm. the, the first Halloween, the first Elm Street, right. like those are all very self-contained. Like the story mm-hmm. could have ended right there. Yeah. Also, you could still say more about it. I mean, you could say that about any other major successful franchise. The MCU, Iron Man works as a single independent movie. You would never have to have an Avengers in oh, the future. Oh, yeah, totally. Iron Man is still good. It's still amazing yeah. on its own, dude. The weird, the weird like anomaly and all that is definitely Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. It's just like maybe it was his mom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that turned into just like this huge giant spinoff about not his mom. Like and, what the fuck? And it also it helped to really establish and solidify the idea of whodunits as horror movies, which I think is something somebody needs to be slapped for. I mean, dude, the, it started with Giallo, man. That's true. Giallo was way before that. Yeah. Somebody needs to be slapped for that. <laughs> Just real hard. Because it's like, who, okay. I, dude, I don't know. Sleepaway Camp's pretty fucking bitching. That's true. They can be good, but like, it really made it so that people who were like, I got an idea for some kills, but no idea for a story. And they were like, make it a whodunit. <laughs> Just go hey, ahead and do it. What do you I mean a whodunit? Uh, well, like, you know, who did the kills you're thinking of? Oh, Okay. And then what's the story? Like, everybody's like, who did it? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. That's yeah, kind of the funny thing about the whodunits is, like, there's not really, like, a central on-screen big nope. bad, like a Freddy Krueger or whoever. Mm-hmm. Just black gloves. So, yeah, you never even know who to hate. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but some of them are good. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. So, yeah, the, this um, this this is a solid first in, in a franchise. I, I, I agree. Think, you know, uh, this franchise maybe can be looked at or looked down on and probably is by people who grew up in, say, the 80s or in the 90s, and they'll say, like, you know, these are the real horror movies, and the kids don't get what horror movies are these days. Uh, No, it's just that you're more scared of horror movies when you're a kid, so the movies you watched as a kid scared you more, so now that you watch them as an adult, they scare you less. It's not because the movie... Has it can't changed. be that, dude. It's because you've matured. I don't know if you know. Uh, you might not be right about yeah. that, Steve. I it can't tru- be right. I, I've said it before. I'll say it a million <laughs> other times. I truly hate kids these days. Like the statement, kids these days, because nothing has ever fucking changed. It's always been the goddamn same. Yeah. Always. <laughs> anyway. No, you're right, though. I think that this movie does do a good job of standing on its own while also setting up possibilities of exploring other things. In other flicks, and I'll tell you, man, like I will watch the other ones. You should, you know, yeah, part, like I, I, uh, I like this a lot more than I thought that I would. Yeah, part part two is really um a, a, a it's not the best, 
but it, it's also like a, a really solid sort of horror movie. Part three, I think, ups the value from part two, but still not as good as part one. The ones after maybe go downhill a little bit and maybe okay. rely a little bit more on jump scares. But the story itself is so interesting as it's playing out that I didn't really care. I just wanted to know, like, okay, so what was happening with Katie in that first movie? Like, yeah, what was going I'm on there? I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah. So I, I think they are worth watching. Of course, the original ending and stuff didn't really set up a lot right. of possibility for a sequel. Yeah, the original ending, she uh, kills Mika and then gets shot by the cops like two days later after her friend comes. Like, all this plays out with the camera just pointing toward the hall. Yeah. Mika is dead in the living room and she is just laying at the foot of the bed for two days. Like, I mean, of course, when they did those shots, what they did was just uh, slowly turn over or something so that it looked like they were actually oh, sure, there for a long course, time. Yeah. But, but she was supposedly there for two oh, days. Like she's like kind of rocking and, and stuff. Just kind of rocking, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, you hear her friend show up and scream because she sees Mika and her friend leaves and then later you hear the cops. cops. She kind of like snaps out of it. You can find you know. this original ending on YouTube. That's yeah, where I yeah. watched it. And yeah, the cops just smoke her. I think you can you can also find the ending where she uh after she tosses Mika toward the camera she comes toward the camera and then slits her own throat and, while smiling which was like fucking brutal I, I think, think maybe that's I saw that bleak. on the DVD that's, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool actually yeah it is a cool ending and again going with the whole like are our entire lives just camera fodder right now in the social media age I kind of I kind of like that that kind of yeah. gets into like uh. Even the intro of that movie Cam that we both really liked yeah. a lot, where she fucking uh -huh. kills herself on camera. It's yeah. like, is this entertainment? Is this good enough? You know, uh -huh. I like that. I do too. That would have been cool. But again, but, that kind of shuts down. Yeah, any it shuts down any future for for what he maybe had in mind. Yeah. What do you think of this ending where she she wakes up in the middle of the night? She mm -hmm. stands over him for a while, which I do find okay. Very I like I like all of that. The only part I, problem I have with the ending is that. Paramount obviously made them go for a jump scare at the end and also made her face go all warped. That, and it's that just like, really this is not the movie not that the movie this has that. been up to this point. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, I didn't really like the ending that yeah. much. Uh, e even like after, you know, she goes downstairs, she starts screaming, Mika gets out of bed, runs. Yeah. Then we hear just some some scuffling and yeah. I guess he gets killed. And then there's there's probably a good like 10 or 15 seconds of just still shot of the hallway which yeah. i find very unsettling and then like honestly the if like thumps, it, it would have just been credits right there that would have been i've been like oh fuck yeah like just no not any idea what happened yeah because yeah. it's like did she get possessed and mika killed her right or did she kill him like actually god damn i hadn't even thought about it before the more i'm thinking about it after the sound of the scuffle and the thump and then just silence that could have been the movie for me, and that yeah, would have been that would fine. have been a really positive ending, actually, where it's just like because you can still go anywhere with it. Yep, but it's him. also real. It, it hits the tone of the movie up to that point, where it's just like, and that was what happened. Like that would be the ending. Like, yeah, it's okay, just objective. So this, Here's the footage. This is the footage. We like with. we have no idea exactly what happened down in that living room. But yeah, because the camera is, wasn't pointed at right. It. I would be very okay with that. Yeah, that actually would have been really cool. Right? But then yeah. the thing is, is you, you have that like 15 seconds or so of stillness and then... The thumps. The, the one like yeah. jump scare, I guess, in the movie where the, his body flies flings towards the, the camera. Well, it's kind of... it's kind of There's a lead up to it where it's like... You're the walking thump, up the stairs. Thump, and it's just so like slow and methodical. But yeah, then the throw at the camera and then the... 
than her like actually she jumping. Kinda, like at sniffs the around at him like an animal which is cool. or something. Which is I okay, like that. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's all right. And but then it, yeah, the the weird dumb demon face at the end. Yeah, I that couldn't. was a that was like a real buzzkill for yeah, me. Yeah, that wasn't needed because no. it was like just so. Because like if you really want to convince me that ghosts are real, like other than an actual like footage of the ghost, it would have to do things natural. Yeah, and warping someone's face is an unnatural thing. Yeah, it's like so impossible even like i would just assume there was a gas leak or something and that it was like in front of their face like there's no way i would see someone's face distortion yeah yeah, and be like oh that that was real that was something that happened right so it it just goes it 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 pushes outside of the boundaries that the movie's sort of established and so yeah it just doesn't work i mean honestly even if it would have been her looking at the camera and just having a totally emotionless you know, almost sleepwalky face. Sure. That would have been fine. That would have been cut. totally creepy. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Or maybe it ends with her throwing the camera down the stairs. Just sure. anything. Whatever. But rushing at the camera with demon face yeah. is dumb to me because it also means that the, the demon... Hates the camera? Yeah. It knows what a video camera is. But it seems like the demon would love the camera because it's what brought him and Katie together, which is what he wanted. Yeah. It just doesn't really yeah. make sense, you know? Like I like that original ending of the cop smoking her. Like yeah, I think that's so that like works. bleak and uh-huh. just like well now we'll never know what happened. Yeah, I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is a cool ending. Uh, yeah, but then that would be potentially the entire. Though you you could make future movies without connecting it back to Katie. I think that because you connect the demon to Katie in the movie, yeah. you need her. At least for one more movie. And that's kind of poltergeisty in yeah. that it's, you know, just like how the, the poltergeist demon, whatever, follows Carol Ann. Yes. Follows that family. It's yeah. not just the location. It's like, there, this isn't really a haunted house movie. It's a haunted person movie. Yeah, there are definitely homages to poltergeist and uh, Amityville horror throughout the franchise. Even in this, like, the just when the TV comes on upstairs, like, Mika's oh, downstairs, and then he hears sure. it come on, and he comes walking into it, and it's so creepy because it's just static. Like, that scene before that, too, where, like, she's out on the out on the patio and just, just like sitting, sitting out there. And it's cold, yeah. Yeah, but she's so, like... Out of it? Yeah, yeah, it's almost like whenever like a little kid is sleepwalking or uh-huh. something like that. She's very convincing. Yeah, in those parts of the movie, she does a I great think. job. Yeah, I think so too, man. But yeah, I do think the ending of this is definitely the weak part of the movie for me. Yeah, like I said, that that just cheesy demon face. Yeah, it was cheesy. I mean, it's like, do it for me. there were so many moments where they could have had like big jump scares and didn't use them. That that jump scare just is. So out cheap. of place. This is cheap. Like to when me. Mika walks up the ladder to the 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 cellar or what? Not cellar. Attic, what, the yeah. attic. The attic part. Like, of course, all you're expecting is he's gonna see glowing eyes in the corner or something. Yeah, yeah. But no, all he sees is a burnt picture. And like, then that's just more of a mystery. Like, how did that get there? What does that even mean? Like, yeah, was it retrieved I, from their burnt down house? I, like, I, I, there's a lot to it. I mean, it does get more answered in the future films, but it's also like it works so perfectly within this film because it's just so creepy. It's hmm. so like, because she's saying like, this is from the house that burned down. Like, there's no way this would be here. Yeah, I haven't seen this in 15 years. Yeah, or like, so there's already the little bit of creepiness to it. Then when you learn more backstory to it, it's even more creepy. So it, it works perfectly in that moment without having to just be like, 
And what if when he looked in the dark, there was a thing there? Ugh. There's things in the dark and it's scary. Maybe it's a little music box playing a creepy old-timey song. Maybe, maybe it is. And maybe it's some little kids singing a song. Oh, fuck me, dude. Maybe it's a song played slowly in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a song you thought was happy, but now it sounds yeah. sad and slow. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> please quit putting this in trailers, please. <laughs> I'm gonna take my car down the old town road. Actually, that was in something recently. Oh, was it? Somebody there was did actually like a, a trailer. Cash old town yeah. road. Yeah. Uh, fuck y'all. What was it? Fuck. It was something that looked stupid too. Yeah, I saw it in a trailer recently. I think it was before the Star War. You still haven't seen the Star War? I have haven't you? seen Star War. Have I? What's the matter with you? I mean, I'll see it. I, I, you know what? Justify your existence. I'll tell you this right now. Getting excited about Star Wars has never been my thing. Watching Star Wars and being like, that was fun. Always been That's my thing. That's kind of been your thing. Yeah. I think this movie's pretty well paced. Yeah, I, me too. I, I mean, For I, an hour, it's an hour 20. I mean, it's short. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not It's not longer than it needs to be, in my opinion. It does get kind of repetitive where it's just like, it's day, it's night, it's day, it's night, it's day, <laughs> you it's ever night. Heard of that? Yeah. That's uh, also kind of how life goes. That is true. And it that's does, also it, what it would what? feel like if this it's like was a 24 hour cycle almost. Oh, it's very nearly like that. Yeah. But that's also what it would be like if you just had a bunch of found footage from this guy's yeah. high-tech firewire connection. <laughs> Boy, they banked on that one, didn't they? They did. Should have connected with USB. He should have. Boy, firewire. That was fun for everybody. It was technically fast. You know what's real fun for everybody? Just constantly changing wires and ports. <sighs> no, it's not, actually. <laughs> Fuck, man. Dude, I'm so fucked. Every time I ride on a plane now and I just have like my headphones with my lightning port on them for my phone. <gasps> and then if you want to watch a movie, it just accepts eighth inch. Right. So you have to have your stupid fucking dongle with you. God damn it, Apple. Why did you get rid of the headphone jack? Why do you have to be a piece of shit like that? Uh, isn't the European Union suing them and Are trying they really? to? Yeah, they're trying to establish like well, because that's the thing, one dude. single. Yeah, thing. because yeah. now they're having to redo airplanes and shit yeah. like this to have a goddamn lightning port on them so yeah. you can listen to your fucking movie. Damn. Think about all the industrial waste that's creating. Just use the goddamn eighth inch jack. Well, how can you, Ben, how can you uh, make a billion dollars if you don't cut a ton of corners and sell people products that aren't worth buying? Oh. The right. important thing is making a billion dollars, Ben. <laughs> yeah, what did I, I missed the point yeah. entirely here. How could I forget that? You know, uh, and we say this as we both have Apple phones and we're recording this on a Mac. That is true. I mean, because we're not poor people, right? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> no. On Android? <laughs> hmm. uh, what is this, 1997? <laughs> I think not, sir. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, the pacing. I think it never hits a major lull because it needs slow moments. Like... It has the moments where, say, the demonologist is sort of explaining stuff, but never giving us, like, a, a full explanation of what exactly is happening. There's the scenes where he's doing some sweet picking on his Line 6 Variax electric yeah, guitar, that is which true. was a high-tech item at this point. Uh -huh. But, I mean, there are moments that it sort of lulls, but, like, those pay off. Where, say, like, it'll... it'll um, Early in the movie, you get these sort of long shots of, say, the hallway that seem to mean nothing. Then, ten minutes later, same shot, a small occurrence. Like, when yeah, the door slightly moves. you see the shadow. Or you see stuff, a shadow, yeah. yeah. 
So it, it's a buildup. So like even if it seems a little slow early on, it's actually just building to what becomes this real quick paced ending that is almost like it, it's surprising when it does end. Like, you know, it's building to something, but it's like, okay, so we're already there though. Like we're already at the point yeah. where it, the shit's going down. Though I would say that if I were Katie, the point where the shit would have went down was uh, the night in bed when Mika is mansplaining to me what the demonologist said <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, I fucking know that. Yeah, I know, I, we idiot. had a guy come here and say all of that to my face. <laughs> already heard it And once. now you're reading it from a book and telling me it again. <laughs> all right. Fuck how about you. this? I'm just going to kill you now to save us all time. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. <laughs> Jesus. He's the worst boyfriend. Yeah, he's not great. I'll tell you what, though. You know, watching this with captions on, and there's just so many occurrences of low humming. Yeah, low humming out of nowhere. If you if you listen with the headphones on, like, there's just so much going on that you think, if you're just paying attention on your TV, you think, oh, nothing's happening right now. Or it could Something's even be happening. noise in the room that you're watching it in. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I started to think that maybe the house was being haunted by the singer of the Crash Test Dummies. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that had been the case, at the end, her hair would have turned from black into bright, bright white. white. <laughs> she couldn't quite explain it. <laughs> no, it was because the cars had crashed so hard, Ben. Oh, right. You're that's thinking of right. the birthmarks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're correct. You're correct. What was I thinking, man? But then, too, after that chandelier was swinging, I thought maybe Sia was haunting the house. <laughs> and all those it. thumps, all that thump was from that thumping bass that she puts in her songs to get you to dance. That's, that's, that's Sia. And she's like, swinging hey, from the you chandelier. can't see most of my face. That's another thing. You never see the demon's face. Must be Sia. Probably see ya. Probably see saying. ya. Probably see ya. <laughs> see ya kill all these people. Yeah. Damn, see ya. Why right. you gotta be that way? I mean, you know what? Maybe she's just mad because she <laughs> she wanted to get dental surgery, but her parents had gave her the option of traveling to Europe or getting dental surgery, and she decided to travel to Europe. Is this a true and, story? Yes, it is. And her signature sound comes because her teeth weren't fixed. So, I mean that that's Freddie Mercury's deal too, yeah. you know. So uh So I should sing great is what you're saying. I that's all I know about Sia, except that she wears that wig that covers her eyes or whatever. Hmm. I don't even know if I've heard that chandelier song. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bitchin', I can't lie. I bet. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. Okay, so this is a pretty cool flick. I enjoyed yes. it more than I thought that I would. I'm glad you did. I, I this is one that as I said, on my first viewing, I also just didn't give it a shot. And Coming back, I, I same thing. I enjoyed it more than I really thought I would. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's not one of those that I feel like I'm gonna be like, oh, let's see, I got a night off. What should I watch? Oh, Paranormal Activity. Finally, I can get back to Paranormal Activity. Yeah, it's yeah. not one of those that I'm gonna rewatch. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of um, rewatch value. No, not no, really. Not. No, I mean, no. it's it's not like there's like weird, crazy shit you never notice in the background, like no. watching Hereditary. For the, the rewatch time. value might be in, and I I'm getting it now because I I watched three and I was almost through two before I left to come here. Um, watching it now in timeline order, that's about the only rewatch value there is to just see like the story play out as it it did. Yeah, I yeah. guess like chronological, uh, but. Yeah, like you're, there's nothing to catch. Like everything, the the screen, the this camera w- watches and shows you every time something happens. 
nothing is like in the background. It's yeah. all right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I don't feel like this is one of those ones that I'm going to rewatch a million times. But, you know, if I'm with somebody like, oh, I've never seen it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Worth sure. a watch. Sure. Yeah, worth a watch. Because, again, it doesn't overstay its welcome. No. It's not overly complicated. It's not no. overly convoluted or anything. It's not loaded with dumb jump scares and like shit special effects right. and stuff. It's like it really knew like we're working on such a limited budget. Let's not try to do yeah. big dumb special effects because with the money we have, it's going to turn out shitty. So yeah, let's just let's not just even do it. Work with sound, a little wire work maybe because yeah. they, they they moved the door probably with a wire. I would assume that, that scene of her getting like dragged out of bed was very convincing. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering how they did that exactly. I was Me thinking, too. I'm thinking a wire, and she basically helped it along. I like. I wanted to look back and see if she was doing a whole lot of arm work to sort of move back, and it was just sort of like pulling her as well. Yeah, that's true because the the scene before that, when she's like sleeping, mm-hmm. and then the scene where she actually gets pulled out of bed, she's in a much different position. Yeah. So there has to be some kind of setup, I guess, right. going on there. But whatever it is that they did, it, it turned out looking yeah great. To it me. looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Never did it feel like unconvincing. No. And even like when she hits the floor and like just then kind of wakes up is very yeah. convincing too. Yes, it is. You know? Yeah, I really dug that. I, I like, I, I think also like just looking at, you know, if you're a horror fan who's a fan of practical effects, I mean, maybe you want gore and this doesn't have that. No. But uh-uh. th- this is full of practical effects. Yeah, like totally. they, they were trying to problem solve, trying to do things for the cheapest possible and make it look as good as possible. And I think they did a good job. And like I said, it's very inspiring to look at this movie and just be like, this took no budget at all yeah. to make. That is really cool. That means like maybe you could do this. Maybe like, you can do it, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, fucking dude, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas just like swept the Grammys Yeah, off of a record that they made like in his fucking bedroom yeah, using like... Basically the same setup I have yes. here, like Logic and a couple of whatever monitors and a sub. I mean, we've made this podcast doing the same damn shit. Yeah. <laughs> you've made most of the music you've recorded probably yeah. in rooms similar to this. It's totally. not. It's not that much of a difference. Like just because you don't have the million dollar studio doesn't mean you can't just sit down and actually do it. Yeah, a good idea is a good happens. idea. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's one of those things that this is a inspiring movie to watch if you're an aspiring filmmaker and be like, wow, there is a way to make something, mm-hmm. even if I don't have access to Tom Cruise and millions of dollars and, and I, a red camera and whatever. I would say in uh, 2007, 2009, when this was like trying to find its footing, like this is a time when people would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, like you're not going to make any money off found footage anymore. We've moved past that or whatever. Because well, at this point, it had been very done yeah. to death. I mean, I mean 98 was when... Uh, Blair Witch Project came out. So it was yeah. like a decade before this hits. Yeah, so. this is pretty late to the game yeah. in terms of that. Imagine getting the second huge bite at the apple of mm-hmm. the found footage horror yeah. trend. I mean, that's that's like winning the luck lotto, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool flick. Uh, you got any final thoughts on a rating on this thing? Uh, okay, yeah. So final thoughts. I mean, this is not... I mean, this is not something like Black Coat's Daughter that we mentioned earlier that has like a real like creative and smart look and and a different feel to it than any other horror movie maybe you've ever seen. This is very much like, say, Poltergeist or Amityville Horror in some ways, except just visualizing those families in a situation where they act like normal people and they have like 
cameras focused on them and they know the cameras are there it's almost like a meta version of poltergeist, poltergeist. it's poltergeist by ways of blair witch project yeah 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 so it's not it's not overly creative but that is a that is creative i mean honestly like smashing two things together is where a lot of creativity comes from just saying like look at like the reese's thing, peanut like butter cup bam yes look at john fogarty Lumberjack and, and Rockstar. That's right, man. Yeah. Half and half. <laughs> Chicken and waffles. Yeah, delicious. So a lot of creativity is smashing two things together that nobody else has thought of. So he 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 had a really smart idea. I'm sure he didn't expect to make $193 million. Good Lord. But he also probably saw at the end of the day, like after a week, he had enough great footage to edit together a pretty good movie that at the least is well worth $15,000. Oh yeah. Good Lord. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like Wes Craven or, or John Carpenter. He's, he's obviously has shown with, uh, other stuff he's done like insidious or Chernobyl diaries that he has an okay, like, Oh, this guy did Insidious. Uh, yeah, he well, he's one of the producers okay. of Insidious alongside James Wan and and what's right. His name? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, um, but he he wrote, I believe, Chernobyl Diaries. Uh, but I haven't seen that one. I mean, I anyway, but he he obviously has some idea of of horror and and could make some good horror. I, I think in a lot of ways though, he just hit at the right exact moment with the right exact thing. Yeah, like, I think so. It's just a a perfect confluence of events, a perfect storm that that made it so that this movie got the recognition that a lot of other movies around this time didn't get, but probably deserve. So it's a good movie. It's not the greatest movie you'll ever see. Say for me, like a seven, seven and a half area. Yeah, I believe it's that. Like a solid movie. Yeah, I would say. I'd buy that. I would. I would just call it a solid movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me too. Yeah, everything that you just said is is basically what I was gonna get at as well. Uh, I think I would probably end up putting this thing at about a. I've got to say like a six and a half. Okay, something like that for me. I mean, honestly, I went into this expecting like a fucking three, where it's just like, yeah, this is what the fuck ever. Some of the found footage. I, yeah. I did feel like this is one of those movies that did get kind of like spoiled for me through pop culture. Yes, this know? has been done to death. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seeing the trailers where she gets pulled out of the bed. Yeah. Uh, seeing. I can't remember if it was in a trailer or just like somebody told me about that scene where they lay out the powder and they see the footprints in it. Uh huh. Like the first time somebody told me Wait, about didn't that. Didn't that happen in like a sc- They did it in like a scary movie too. Did they? Yeah. Like, I mean, title scary movie, not yeah, yeah, in yeah. a scary movie. Right. I think so. Maybe not. But I remember the first time somebody told me about that, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. But then whenever, you know, they started laying out the powder in the movie, I was like, oh, I know it's about yeah, to happen. Yeah. You're already aware of the. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I probably would have enjoyed it even more if I just hadn't absorbed a lot of the hot See parts it of the movie. Entirely unspoiled. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I, I think yeah, six and a half is about Sweet. where I put this thing, man. Awesome. Fun flick. Definitely exceeded expectation. Well, Ben, next week. Next week on the show. Why don't we just talk about us? You know, it's maybe it's a good time us. to talk about it's us. It's about trust, man. What's <laughs> <laughs> love? Got to do got to do with it you just want to talk about you and me or do you want to talk about jordan peele's us us that one you jordan peele all right sounds like a plan maybe mm-hmm. we will we did a mini sode on that when it come yeah. out 
But as I said in the minisode several times, I can't wait to do a deep dive on this because there's so much going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So it will be fun to go through this yeah. with a keener eye mm-hmm. and try to catch all the things that I missed the first time that I saw in the yeah. theaters. Me too. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I, 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 this and Midsummer are the two that I've been wanting to revisit yeah, the same. most because I, I just, it's hard to find a time to sit down and watch either of those movies for fun. Yeah, they, they are harsh. They're both pretty rough, rough movies to watch yeah. for sure. So yeah, that'll be a fun episode to go over. Uh, I really enjoyed our Get Out episode Me that too. came out well, a year or two ago, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. That's a good listen. Go back and check that out if you haven't already. And uh, again, be sure to go on iTunes, rate and review, leave us a question. You'll hear that answered on another show someday. And if you want to follow us on the social media, you can. At Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, yep, uh, yep. On YouTube and Facebook, it's slash dead and lovely yep, yep, yep. and uh patreon patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely go over there uh donate some money you can become a five dollar patron you can submit a movie every month we've been randomly drawing from these movies but also we're just picking them movies anyway. that we like and want to do so yeah. uh become a five dollar patron you get to decide to decide what uh movies we actually cover so please head on over there and buy a t-shirt Email us Ooh, if yeah. you want a t-shirt. That's right. Well, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. I look forward to talking about us with y'all mm-hmm. next time on Dead and Lovely. You guys have been fantastic. We have been Uncle Ben. Hollywood Steve. And next week, I'm also going to be telling you guys some fun ship rock stories from my times that. at sea. So <laughs> be sure to tune in for that shit. It's I can't be wait to wild. hear the story of Andy Wood fucked a mermaid. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. So tune in next week and you'll find out all about it as well as everything we think about Jordan Beale's Us. Bye-bye. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Do you ever think the reason why Dr. Dre got so motivated to become such an incredible producer and then start that Beats headphone brand and make like billions of dollars and stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think he was just trying to pay off his student debt of all that he went into to become Dr. Dre? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it, I mean, he went to... Beats University, I assume. Or the School of Hard Knocks. I don't know which one he got into. They're both very exclusive. Both very exclusive. But yeah, he got his PhD. I bet the interest rates were just killing him. He's like, I got to do something to dig myself out of this. I'm a doctor, Plus he bought all those guns, probably on credit. Yeah, it's true. And apparently, he hasn't sold them all, but he he considered it at least. (laughs) When he said, what you think I sold them all? It was like he was talking to himself. Like, come on, Dre. You're still yourself, man. Don't sell your guns just because you need money. <laughs> Those student loans will pay for themselves in years. Get, find him and him. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> what if he got all that way and then found out that he could have like made it to where he is as you know, Associate Dre? Associate Dre. Yeah. yeah. Master Dre. Master, Master Dre. Dre's better. Master, Dre's uh, Master is anyway, always honestly. better than Doctor. I'm just saying it. <laughs> it sounds cooler. <laughs> <laughs>